And now, introducing the man who's officially declared for the NBA draft, as although everyone's told him flat out he has no chance of being selected, he says, quote, I made the choice long ago to play ball overseas, and I figure with the money I've got saved, I should be able to sneak a couple games of five-on-five with the elementary school kids near my hostel, unquote. After deciding to indulge his wanderlust this summer, he booked a, quote, mystery trip, unquote, offered by a man operating out of a cardboard box in a poorly lit alley named Stefan, only to discover his wallet, phone, and favorite bra had been stolen. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist, and this is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We're here. Happy to be back. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. I um, I I had a really interesting scenario play out for me yesterday. Where funny how interesting how well it was. It was interesting for me. Probably not for much of anyone else. I. You know, like, I, I have successful friends, far more successful than I, and... Stop, I'm modest. I, I know, right? Mm. I've always been happy for them. I've always been. But I'm not good at the part where I just tell someone, like, I'm proud of them. I'm not good at that, right? Like, it's just not something... Your kids are different, right? Yeah, my kids. <laughs> you you need to say that. But, like, sure. with your friends, you know, like... It, the, the Well, it's like, when do you To say? me, the concept of, of friendship is... Ball busting. Well, it's right? like, you, like know, you if, take, take the comedic approach. That's it. That's the only thing still, I know about. There's still, uh, you got to find the room for the love, right? Or is that just the, the no, wedding, I mean, right? In, is that in, like no, 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 in moments. Like, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. you have a great time together, you're, you know, when you see somebody and you haven't been able to see from for a little while, you're like, dude, I love you. And course. then you go right back to the, the ball busting. I'll, I'll give a compare. The last time, you know, unfortunately, I haven't, I haven't been able to get together in a, a year and a half. So I'm talking about my buddy AJ. Right, what happens? Former uh, former Terp, whose TV show debuted last night on A&E, he's the host of WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, which is a big effing deal that you're the host of a show on A&E. That's a huge, huge deal. Of course, you were and offered for... Yeah, I know. I was, he was the third choice. I was, I was first. So everybody knows AJ. He's part of Jobbing Out, and we've been friends for a very long time. I was covering Maryland football when AJ played. AJ was the type that didn't have acquaintances. Like, you know, these, these, there are people like this that exist in your life. They just, there's no acquaintances. If I'm going to be around you, we're going to be friends, right? And I am far more the type to be acquaintances, right? Like, hey, I like you. You know, we can be cordial, the whole deal. But for the most part, I can go back to living my life. You can go back to living your life. AJ's not that type. Like, he has friends, not acquaintances. And so he constantly wanted to be around. He constantly wanted to come hang out. He constantly wanted to do all those things. And before you knew it, um, we had become really good friends. Of course, Aaron Oster is part of the show, was a big part of that as well. And so the last time we saw each other was, my God, it, maybe it wasn't the last time we saw each other, but the last time we spent meaningful time together is we all stayed together in New York when WrestleMania was going on in New York. We all went up there and stayed in a, a B, uh, Airbnb together. And AJ and I actually had a really nice date out in the city on Saturday. We wandered around. He showed me his favorite pizza place, his favorite gelato, his favorite cupcake. Like, yeah, correct. We were really happy to be there. His favorite, favorite New York pizza New York pie, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. So um, the Friday night, I, I am not – he's still at the age where he's going out. <laughs> like, that's a thing. I'm like, uh, hey, it's 1 in the morning. I'm going to bed. And to be fair, it's more about you being a father. 
Yeah, that changed a lot. There's no doubt. In the in the past, it's I would a personal have been, pizza mindset. I would have been 100 percent out with. He's him. in the place where I could eat this whole pizza. Correct. Still, you know. Correct. I'm not there. So that night he comes back at like four in the morning, and he he of course being being this is the way friendship works. He comes into my room, he flips on the lights, and he records the entire interaction. He says, "Hey, bro." Don't wake me up in the morning. I'm coming back really late. Okay. Don't wake me up in the morning when you get up. And it's a joke and it's funny and it's I'm I like wake up in a haze like you a hole. And he records and films the whole thing. He puts it up on Instagram. So the next morning I got to get my heat back, obviously. So I proceed to go in in my underpants into his room, get right in his face, and do the old Rikishi stink face yeah. right in his face to get my heat back the following morning. We Pink recorded that. Unrelated. Yeah, oh no, two totally separate things. That was because I farted on his pillow. Mm-hmm. That was that was a different deal. But that's that's the nature of friendship, right? The nature of friendship is that thing. That's to me how I know you're actually my friend is if we can bust each other's balls. Sure. I'm not good at the other side of it. I'm not good at the I can say congratulations, dude. I, you know? I can, but like I've already had that. Like he told he told us a very long time I ago. Get it. You're like, oh man, that's show. awesome, dude. I've been through yeah, that part of it. Now it's the everybody's watching it, and I'm not good at it. But so, I, I know it's something you're supposed to to do. Like I understand that when someone's this isn't like a, I'm trying to think of, a, of an example of this. There are per, I have peripheral friends, right? Like uh, Jerry from OAR. I love the band OAR. I became friend, but he's a peripheral. We don't talk regularly. We don't, you know, see each other. We don't run in the same circles or something like that. He's not. Well, you are. The, you're the fastest. You're the fastest. Correct, in and that's why he learned. Yeah. I'm not the fastest. I'm the 25th fastest oh, man right, in yeah, Annapolis. Yeah. Of Kyle. a certain age group. No, I'm the 25th fastest man in Annapolis of the of the age group that matters of adult sh- of males. Of the age group that showed up that I, day. You're doing run. a weird bit about this. It's adult fun. males is my age group. I don't know why you keep trying that's to pretend fine. like there's some other age group. Cool. It's adult males yeah, is my age group. Kids will run circles around you. I'm sure that the 12 year olds really just embarrass me in the old uh, the old 10k. So, um, but when he puts out a new record, I don't feel the need to like text Jerry and say, "Hey, pal, I'm proud of you." You know what I mean? Like it's just made love to my wife to your music. Correct. <laughs> I don't tell him every time. Like one out of five, I'm like, "Like, hey, appreciate the soundtrack. We made a baby." So I had that moment last night where AJ's show debuts on A and E, and it's actually really good. And that's the part that drives me nuts. Is like it's really good, and he looks like a million dollars, and. You know, wrestling fans are all into it. It's this whole deal. And I'm like, I'm supposed to say something here. Like, I'm supposed to tell him. You just post that picture of him. I'm proud of him. Hitting you with a chair or whatever and be like, remember this time you assaulted me? Well, I've done enough of I've done enough the of the, like, right, like, look. Exactly right. <laughs> but it was, I'm not, I'm just, I just realized how I'm not good at it. I'm not good at just telling my friends I'm proud of them or I love them and not being able to then you know, like, turn it into a ball-busting opportunity. It's not, I'm not good at this. Well, can't you have your cake and eat it, too? What do you mean? Can't you both congratulate yeah, and ball-bust? Yeah, you bust? can, but, like, I don't know if, you know, like, is this a moment that's significant enough? Your television show debuting on A&E, like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't Ooh, know if that's the place where you're supposed to, like, put ball-busting to the side and just be genuine and just say, like, 
wow, man, I this really is unbelievable. This is incredible. Th- I don't know. No, I mean, I'm like, not good at this. Your love language is ball busting. That's the only thing I know. But I don't you can know anything still other than that. Acknowledge that, like, wow, man, it's awesome. You've done this. Like, this is cool. And then you could bust his balls. I mean, I sent him a message, and I, I, it was as genuine as I as I possibly could be, and and that's what it was. And I am incredibly proud of him. And if you're a pro wrestling fan, you should watch the show every Sunday night at 10 p.m. I recorded um, it. Yeah, you're gonna go back and take a I look mean, at I it. I would, I would, if it was on TV when I was sitting on my couch and I was, I, oh, AJ hosts this. I'd check it out for a second because I like AJ. I oh, do I like mean, AJ. AJ's a great dude. Yeah. He's he's one of my favorite people, obviously. Um, but I just realized What's that. the premise? It's like a wrestling. It's like trying it's, to find um, the next star, sort of thing. No, it's not that at all. Not not, not next, nice like, temp. Hairdresser. Not, nope, nothing like that. Mm. The premise is about memorabilia. It's it's a memorabilia show. It's that. Oh, so he's like going. He and like American Pickers. Like last night's episode was him and Mick Foley. And they are, I think the Dirty Little Secrets of WWE is trying to open up like an actual Hall of Fame, like a building you come visit, like the Baseball Hall of Fame. Sure. And so they're trying to find memorabilia Mm. that they don't own, that exists, and they want it back. And so the premise of the show is AJ is going out each week with a different wrestling legend, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, meant he got to spend all of last summer hanging out with all of the wrestlers he idolized growing up. He would be sending us, like, he's like, Bro, guess what I'm doing today? And it'd be like him hanging out in the car with The Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> like, tough. He's like sending me a video of him getting shot by Ric Flair. Like, real tough life you're living, bro. Real tough life you've got. Um, so he's he, they go out and they meet these people that own these things. And they yeah, try it's to... American, sort of like they're... The, the kind of it's like... It's similar concept. It's they know what they're concept. going to see. Yes, but correct. It's, yes. And what kind of deal can we make? Of course. Like, one guy last night just really wanted to spend time with Mick Foley. Like, if he just got a day with Mick Foley, he was going to let them have this piece of memorabilia. Yeah. It, that, that was enough for him. Right. Somebody you else. you said you were willing to be, like, one of the, you would be like, if they want to spend oh, a day with me. Oh, if they want to spend a day with me, 100%. I'm right. willing to do it for the betterment right. of, of right. AJ's WWE career. Because I, right, like, I care right. about, and but I But you want to be a footnote on the plaque. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think that's asking for a lot. I, <laughs> frankly, I think I'm worthy anyway. Yeah, I, I think that it's about You asked for the picture in the hall. I think people forget that I am a former Ed Block Courage Award winner. Yeah, that's true. I am the 25th fastest man in Annapolis. That like, I am, I am, I've accomplished a number of, of great things that I deserve a lot of credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very happy for him, honestly. And I can say that here because he's not hes not watching. I'm way better at that here. It's way easier for me to say it when I'm not saying it to somebody. I don't know why that is. I don't know what that well, I mean, like, is I, I listen about to podcasts me. from time to time, the podcasts. Yeah. Conan talks about how there are certain people he just literally only does riffs with for the entirety of their person, their interactions, right? Like, they but don't I have a like serious like conversation at any point. It, but there's a difference between, I think we can have a conversation about life, right? Like, yeah. like AJ and I can talk about, you know, he's been through sure. a divorce, right? Like, we can talk openly about relationships and all that. Like, we have that type of relationship. It's the, I'm proud of you that I'm not good at. Or the, like, you, I'm just not good at that. It's a, it's a weird tick about me that I'm not, I don't know how to explain it. I talk to your dad about that. I don't think it's related to my father. I don't think it's that. (laughs) I don't think that's it. It was a joke. I think it's a it's something that I know about friends. I remember there's a girl who I adore, who I love, that I've been friends with since we were I don't know ten, something like that, right? And and I remember her like having this conversation with me somewhere around the time we were like nineteen, where she was like, you know, you're not really good at at like showing affection towards me. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, we're supposed to be dating? Like, I don't understand what you... But I, she explained it where it was like, 
I'm I I treated her like one of the guys. I I busted her balls. I I did the same, yeah. you know, you know f- figuratively. <laughs> right, yeah. Like I did the same thing that I would do with any of the rest of, of our friends. And she was like, you know, kind of. I am a chick every That's now why and Patrice then. Patrice O'Neill got fired from the office, by the way. Why? Because he was. Well, I hang on. I watched the documentary. It just seemed like Patrice didn't suffer a lot of things. Well, it wasn't that he didn't suffer. It was that well, yes, he was honest at all times. Yeah. But his his mo. I was. Right, he was just always busting people's balls. But I, took I the got the sen- yeah, I got the sense it was a step beyond just busting people's balls. That it was more like I can't pretend, like I think this is better than than you say it is, like or that I that it actually is. Like what you what you wrote, I can't. I'm not capable That's of just walking in. Probably part of it as well. But I heard saying, that there's like co- comedians will tell stories about how he would just be talking to like Angela Kinsey the way that he would. To a stand-up comedian. Yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not going to work. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. It's definitely not going to work. I don't know why I'm using this as like I a know, sofa. I charge. I'm, I am very by much, the hour. Yeah, so. right. Using this as a sofa yeah. to try to explain it, and I, I do want to move on because there's a lot of things that happen in sports this week. We could just round up to thirty. But it minutes. was. Uh, it was weird. It was a weird, weird bit that I was experiencing. But I'm very proud of it. I am. I'm very proud of AJ. It's incredible. And and part of it is he deserves this. He's an ungodly talented human. Like, I, I wish I had a skill. He's got so many. He's an ungodly talented human. Um, he's well on his way in his now professional wrestling career, and you should watch WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. All right, coming up in a few minutes this morning, Dean Kramer is going to join us. Uh, he's a pitcher for the Orioles, briefly not a pitcher for the Orioles because the Orioles have this weird bit. I, I, well, they th- did it for a while when it was. No, no, no. This shouldn't, I'm talking about baseball. This should not exist in baseball where there's a week where there's no game on Monday or Thursday. That should never Ever, ever, at least this early. Be if ever, I don't care when it is during the season. I could understand if you're like late in the year, but like, man, look at this. And then if you had to reschedule stuff, like for... you'd like to have an open date, maybe. I don't know. I don't think that should exist. I don't think that that the the sport benefits from having weeks where there's no game on Monday or Thursday. That's bad. But that's what's going on this week, and so because of that, the Orioles don't need nearly as many starting pitchers, and they've got options with Dean Kramer, so they said, well, we're going to take advantage of it to manipulate the roster for the week. No big deal. Got to be done no in 10 harm, days. No harm, no foul. Well, or somebody gets hurt, and then you can pull somebody back up whenever you want. Um, but they were going to be skipping. Essentially, they were going to say, we had to skip somebody in the rotation anyway, so you know, it's going to be you this time, Dean, because he was the guy that pitched on Saturday. So that's it. That's all it is. Um, and he pitched well on Saturday, albeit only for four and two-thirds innings. It was definitely his best of his three starts so far. And, and again, clearly, I'm sure when we talk to him, he's going to say, I need to be able to work deeper into games. Um, but we'll talk to Dean Kramer about that when he joins us a little bit later on this hour. Also this morning, our weekly conversation with Jeremy Kahn. Apparently, he's getting the serum today. Some of it. So does he immediately become the fake Captain America, or does that take a little while before... <sighs> No, Before I think that, they need, that, need to give him the shield first, right? Well, I think the, 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 uh, John Walker got the shield. Have you, have, have you watched the show? I have, yeah. Okay, so John Walker got the shield before he took the serum. I know. Right? Like, I he went the other way. Like, he was already Captain America and, right, but and thought he wasn't good enough, and so he decided to take the serum. I think they then, told Jeremy he needs to lose, like, 10 pounds. I guess maybe I shouldn't be giving all this away. I there are probably people that yeah. haven't watched. I don't. You know what? It's th- That episode happened a couple weeks ago. You've had plenty of time to watch it's this. Kurt Russell's boy. You know that? Yes, it is. Wyatt Russell He's, is uh, the John like Lodge Walker. 49. That was a good show. I wish they had uh, renewed it. He was great season. in 22 Jump Street. In fact, I th- what did, who did what he an, play in that? He was one of the uh, the buddies of um, 
Dave Franco? No. Of uh, no, Dave Franco was the first. He was in Twenty One Jump Street. He made basically. a cameo in hilarious. the second one, but he was it was him and Rob Riggle hanging out in the jail cell. Correct. Um, in Twenty Two Jump Street, he was one of um, uh, of Channing Tatum's friends on the football team. He was the blonde hair guy. Oh that, yeah, I do remember that yeah, now. Right? Yeah, yeah, correct. He was, was one of the best bud. Yeah. Exactly right. He was his best friend yeah. on the football team. He was the quarterback, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And Channing Tatum was a wide receiver, one thousand percent. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Jeremy Kahn later on in the program. And also this morning, Greg, my buddy Greg Rosenthal is going to join us. And maybe I'll try to tell him I'm proud of him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not, not just to, for that. practice, Take right? Take like, Hey, Greg, can I tell you something? Start telling a story like a recipe <sighs> and like a the really? first time I made this. I'm just, re- I'm just, re- I'm just yeah. really. <laughs> All right, buddy. I don't know how I'm going to do that. So um, Greg put out a list recently that got some Ravens fans all worked up about uh, ranking the general managers for their drafting, drafting alone. And he had Eric DaCosta 17th. And a lot of Ravens fans didn't know the context. They just saw that Eric DaCosta was ranked the 17th general manager, and they were like, huh, what, what, what? And that's probably not necessary because the truth is we've had two drafts with Eric DaCosta, and... We don't have a lot to work with, and so that's probably about where he should be on this list until more of these players, you know, become whatever they're going to become. And that's not to say that we don't already have some examples of, of guys that look pretty good, right? Like, you know, I I think that most of us believe that, that um, Marquise Brown is a football player, but it would be easy to say at the same time, yeah, but look at who they could have had. In that draft. So the truth is, for Eric DaCosta's draft specifically, might even say that 17th is favorable. I mean, I, you know, there's. Queen appears to be like a good player. A a good player. You know, I don't know if he's going to turn out to be. I don't know if he's going to turn out to be special. We like J.K. Dobbins for sure, but, you know, he whiffed on a pretty important block and he, he has not shown himself to be a pass catcher just yet. And so I. I I think 17th is about right, frankly. And and if I had to argue legitimately, I think the problem is a lot of Ravens fans can't separate the fact that Eric DaCosta was part of mm-hmm. past drafts and was part of the organization and want to say, hey, we we believe that he was part of the reason why Lamar Jackson is here and Mark Andrews is here and Orlando Brown. But since becoming general manager, we've had two drafts, yeah. one of which Jalen Ferguson clearly has not panned out so far. Like... It, you would look at that. Justice Hill has been not really anything so far. I mean, you would look at that 2019 draft and say, even when you want to give him credit for Hollywood Brown, it comes with the caveat of the other receivers that went after that have been even better mm-hmm. so far. It's tough. So I think that's probably about right. We'll talk more about it with um, Greg Rosenthal later on in the program from NFL.com. All right. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. Act now. Beat the rush. And Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows. Every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Orioles take two of three in Texas against the Rangers this weekend. There's not a lot for me to say. Yes, it was a bummer that they couldn't figure out a way to score a run yesterday. Means was unbelievable. But again, the Rangers, both teams strike out at a pretty impressive rate. The Rangers bit is almost, like, I, our friend Justin Labor and I were talking about, Justin is still on the I don't like the extra inning rule thing. And I'm like, Justin, come on, pal. Like, come on. We were having this conversation yesterday. 
you can't. You can't still feel that way. How could you watch the Rangers go to bat? Well, who knows how long that the, game would have lasted had there it, not been it, that rule. <laughs> all, they were getting runners on base late in that game, and still just every batter stepping to the plate, trying desperately to hit a home run, and either striking out or flying out. That's all you were watching. It was, to take nothing away from John Means, who was compelling, outside of that, it was unwatchable baseball yesterday. It was brutal. Obviously, the unfortunate situation for the Orioles in the 10th inning where well, how many times in the that, history of you know, baseball. I, I'm not mad at, at Mike Franco in any way. how you supposed to really play that. I mean, it's a question of whether you should have sent him, supposedly, I, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I've, I've heard that debate. I mean, that was a hose, that, like, right? It was a great throw. That's the part that nobody wants to acknowledge. It was, it's bad luck combined with incredible throw. Mm. Like if Franco's faster, he scores. If sure. he's if he's faster, that he ball is going to be up the line, and he's going to be behind the ball, and he's going to be that's. But he was slow if, enough where that he the met throw, the ball right, right. there. If the was, throw isn't in the exact exact spot sure. that it needs to be, he's he's going to score in that situation. Yeah, it looked sloppy. You would have maybe liked him to look a little more yeah, athletic sure. at the I end mean, and I all that. But like, like, it was kind of a give up at that point. But I I. I don't expect much more from Michael Franco. Yeah, I don't right. disagree with that either. It This happens sometimes in baseball. The bummer is that the play before, if he had been tagging from second base, when the left fielder fell down, he might have been able to go ahead and score on that particular fly ball. But there's no reason for him to be tagging there. He's trying to score mm-hmm. on a ball that drops in, so he wants to be off second base. I'm I'm totally fine with reflecting on the fact that it's it sucks that they didn't score a run. I'm not fine with blaming Michael Franco for that because – it's it's just bad luck combined with great defense. And in an optical way that was like, oh, it looked bad. I mean, yeah, At but the end it just looked like it looked like the Orioles were embarrassing themselves somehow, even though in the context of the game, you know that's not the case. It's that's the point. And that's why I can't I'm not I'm not willing to engage that conversation because it's just not what happened there. It was sunny as hell in right field. You really couldn't tell. God, what an awful ballpark that is. <laughs> yeah. Just what a terror. Everything about it is just awful. The camera angles suck. Well, at least it was the only shadows a 22-year-old ballpark for the other one. Yeah, so right. this it was, it was time. For, you yeah, know. maybe five years before they build another one. <laughs> Let's go ahead <laughs> to see what other kind of monstrosity we can put out here. Uh, but the Orioles won on Friday and Saturday, and it was largely a, a pleasant weekend. And so cool bully i don't really have that much more to say it's also difficult for me to really celebrate the success of jorge a michael lopez. franco or a jorge lopez yeah. or a um uh, a freddie galvis like no and, and i'm not i agree it, it would be far more fun to talk about a massive weekend for ryan mountcastle or for dj stewart mm-hmm. not to say those guys didn't have their moments they did they did have their moments during the course of the weekend but like jorge lopez being brilliant doesn't really was, do anything. Yeah, in, I'm not right, saying yeah. brilliant, but you know what I mean. Jorge Lopez, a, relative brilliant. He was brilliant correct, for Jorge by brilliant Lopez, Lo- yes. by, by Jorge Lopez stand by brilliant Lopez stand. Yeah, of course, uh, he was brilliant. So a decent little weekend, as I mentioned. The Orioles now off, and they face the Marlins tomorrow. My column today is going to be. It's a little bit different. I thought a few times about whether or not I really wanted to write it. I am going to defend Scott Garceau today in a column. I thought he's done well this year. I thought he's done. Eh. I think he's done. I think he's been. I mean, better than last year, right? Last year, I think he really struggled with the crowd. I don't not being there. I don't know if I would say he's done well this year. I'm being pretty specific about what I'm defending him about. I look uh, again. Here's your weekly tradition: me giving away my Monday column at PressBoxOnline.com. I am. I am in no way. 
the the everything that you're the points that you're making about Gary Thorne, one thousand percent. Yes. There's no way to compare anyone to Gary Thorne. Gary, Th- we stole something for a decade and a half that Gary Thorne was calling Baltimore Orioles games. We that was we were robbing someone blind. That instead of him doing the national jobs that he should have been doing, he was here putzing around a, a lot of it with really bad teams. Now, he also got to call some really good teams, sure. but a lot of it with really bad teams. I, there is no comparison. That can't be our standard because we're yeah. not going to be able to match it. Correct. There's not going to be another Gary Thorne coming to do Orioles games. Would it have been nice to have been able to keep the Gary Thorne that we had? Yes. Would have thousand percent that scenario. Yep, that would have been wonderful. But we almost have to ignore that as a standard because it's absurd that it ever happened. Correct. It's ridiculous that we ever got Gary Thorne to be the play-by-play voice of the Baltimore Orioles. It's it's insane. Well, you're you're that you're, that ever you're mad at Masson and the Orioles. You're not mad at Scott Garceau. That's a different conversation, right? That's a different conversation. What we're doing here. I also I get I like Kevin Brown too. I think Kevin Brown has been. Very good in both his radio and TV roles so far, and I am inclined to see more of Kevin Brown moving forward. And I think if there's a conversation about Kevin Brown sliding in to being the the more permanent TV guy for the Baltimore Orioles, I am listening to that conversation, and I am interested in that conversation in future years. I think that he is carving out that place where perhaps he could be a, a dominant play-by-play voice of a team for some time. He is very solid. I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to say that he's Gary Thorne either. No. He's not. But he's a good but mixture he's, of fun and, correct. and intellectual. I would and say he light. Modern with analytics and all of that. Yeah. 100%. I like Kevin Brown a lot. We lose our minds about a few things with Scott Garceau, and I think we're unwilling to consider the difficulty of the job at the moment. The difficulty of doing this, of calling a game off a screen that's happening somewhere else. And when someone says, I don't think that his voice matches the moment, the part that you're unwilling to listen to is how difficult it is for anyone to match the moment when they're not feeling the moment. It's tough. And I'm not saying it can't be done better or that there aren't guys who haven't figured out a way to do it better, but for the most part, they're faking it. You can't meet the moment as a broadcaster if you're not experiencing the moment. There's no way for you to. No way. Maybe if you have a virtual reality headset. I mean, maybe it would help. I don't know. But this... Is impossible. And the bigger point is less about Scott Garceau and more about the fact that this needs to end. And it's not going to for now, but I'm far more concerned about it not going to at all. I am very concerned about the toothpaste in the tube at this point. I am very concerned because about it's cheaper to not networks have them and teams out and saying, well, we've been able to pull it off. It's been good enough, quote it's unquote. Been, it's been good enough. This can just be how we do things moving forward. We had seen some teams already doing this with broadcasts even before the pandemic began, where they were like, mm, you know, as I told you guys a million times, when I would fill in for DC United and road games, I was doing it from a studio. And I get it, these the MLS should not be Major League Baseball, but it is a professional sport, and a, a fairly major professional sport with a good amount of money coming in. One letter away. It's it's thank you. It is it's the fifth. I would argue. I mean, them and the WNBA are the the fifth and the sixth, and I don't know which one's fifth, five, and which one's sixth. Super League, baby. Well, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. We're all very excited, except we're not very excited. Yeah, everyone is. 
pissed. Yes, they are. It's a whole. We might might even find a way to try to talk about that <laughs> at some point. It's interesting. Um, this has been going on for a while, and I am extraordinarily concerned that it's going to be something that's going to stay beyond the pandemic. And maybe not for all 162, but for a lot of them. It might be that, like, perhaps as the games get more relevant down the stretch, the teams that are in contention say, well, now we'll take you out of the studio and send you to the games. Or, like, the Dodgers will be like, look, we have, what is money? Right, correct. <laughs> the, the Dodgers and the Yankees might, might, but but that a lot of teams will look at this as just one area where they can save money and say, we can get away with it. We can get away with it. You know, it, it hasn't badly hurt us in ratings. People still want to watch their favorite team, and if this is how they have to watch their favorite team, they'll do it. The issue, I suppose, they could be running into is I don't know which play-by-play voice has such cachet that if they were to speak against it, it would be, you know, a thing. Like, are there any? I mean, Vince Scully certainly is not you know, doing it anymore. But, like, is there any play-by-play voice who, if they were to say, this is a travesty, what we were being asked no, to do? I don't, that I don't believe there is. There are good ones, there are got, but I just don't think there's anyone that has such pool that they can they can change a billionaire's decision about how to spend their money. I, in fact, I would say there's most certainly not one of those guys. Like, I think Don Orsillo, who's now with the Padres with the Red Sox, is probably about as prominent in terms of relevance with the team, relevance with the internet, relevance with as there is. I mean, I'm, I know Michael K. Gary Thorne, maybe. I mean, he was he was I mean, respected, right. but but different circles. I mean, he was respected so much they fired him essentially. I get you know it, what I mean? Like, still I get it, but like Michael K. is is prominent in New York. He is a prominent figure in the New York media scene. Obviously, he also hosts an afternoon show. There are there are prominent play by play voices, but not not to the point where you can change a billionaire's thoughts about how to spend their money. I am very concerned about this staying. Yes, did Scott Garceau kind of botch a home run call the other night? He did. Somewhat. I mean, he recovered very quickly. We're being really critical of him. It, And it was a terrible TV. They have terrible camera angles in, in Texas, and he's not there. I'm going to defend him for that. Also, he's Scott Garceau, and I think he's earned a little bit more leeway from us in this city. He cares about us deeply. So you can read about that today, pressboxonline.com. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Joining us now, um, this man briefly not not on the 26-man roster, but he's going to be back very soon. It's just the nature of the days off this week, and I'm – I'm sure that's a tough thing, but that's the way that it works, and the Orioles trying to manipulate the roster, and, and we get that. Um, he is coming off his best start of the season. It's a pleasure, as always, to welcome back into the program Mr. Dean Kramer, who joins us now here on GCR. Dean, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, guys, no problem. It's my pleasure. It's great to chat with you, dude. Um, I, I, there's so much stuff that I want to cover with you. Let me just get it out of the way first. I, I'm sure that you... You know, it's 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 always a bummer to like be pulled into the office and said, "Hey, man, we got to do something." But but I, I'm sure you understand what's going on this week, right? It's... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that it's part of the game. Plus, National League and then off days. And I mean, it's it's a part of it. Yeah, it's just the way it goes. And 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 you're gonna be back right back. Is it um, is it something? How do you spend these days? I guess is the question now. Like, do do you do you report? Do you try to get innings in? Like, how do the next few days go for you until you make your next start with the Orioles? Um. So as of right now, I'm still with the team, taxi squad. Um, okay. So it's pretty much 
go go about it the way I would regularly, uh, and then I'm not too sure what happens when we go home. Okay, are you are you purposely like do, do you do you do you need to throw a simulated game like it, it for you and your the way that it works for you? Do you need to throw a certain number of pitches every few days or something along those lines? Uh, I would still like to touch a mound every few days. Plus, uh, since the option's about ten or so days, then um, I would like to face batters as well. That's at least how I feel. Ideally, but, right. Right. <laughs> and of course, like, they they have a plan for you. You know. Right. You go work through that. That's the way it goes. I completely get it. Uh, how cool was it? Your relationship with you know everybody on the internet was freaking out about seeing Danny wear your jersey uh, for the Wizards on Saturday. Did you know that was coming? And what did it mean to you to find out that he was doing that? No, I, I mean it, it's it's pretty special. Um, I mean that guy's worked hard his whole life and he made it to the NBA. So I mean, pro- shout out to him. Um, he uh, we actually did a jersey swap earlier. Uh, right, right as we had gotten to Baltimore, so I've got his sitting in my locker, and uh, he's got mine in his. That's so, a- uh, I mean, I I plan to wear his eventually, uh, and, it, and it was pretty cool to see him wear mine. That's so uh, cool. A couple man. days ago. That's so cool, man. How did that? You know, how did that come about? Was it something where you guys just kind of heard about each other and and wanted to connect somehow? How did it all happen? Actually, uh, our our agency I think uh, set it up and. I mean, the rest is history. Man, you know, is there something, like, can you understand each other a little bit more and, like, the the, the battle to get to this point in your professional lives? Do you have more of an understanding of maybe how rare it is than than anybody might know? Uh, I mean, our our paths are slightly different because I was raised in the States, but I I definitely know how how he got where he is, and, and it's not the easiest uh, route to take. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible what he's done. Dean Kramer with us on GCR. Dean, I, you know, I think we've talked a couple of times about your relationship with the Jewish community here in this area. As as you moved into a full time role with the Orioles, can can you tell us about that support and what that's meant to you to know how much they care about seeing you out there? I mean, it it's it's huge to have anybody behind you, and then especially with with uh people in your community that are that are like you um it it means that much more so i mean to to have the jewish community behind me it's 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 pretty special it's really cool dean kramer with us on gcr dean how good was it just to pitch in front of human beings again this season how much did it mean to actually have people there and and to not be pitching in front of a completely empty stadium I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it, I mean, it is different from the last year or so. Um, so it, it was really nice having having people out there cheering, even though it was against you. So it doesn't really bother me, but still nice to to play in front of people. I mean, it just it's got to be something about like going out there where you know, even if they're saying terrible things about your mother or something like that, right? You're just <laughs> like, it's just got to feel nice to have energy around you, right? It's... Yeah, it, it definitely it le- definitely brings another level of uh, adrenaline um, through your through your games. So it's, it's definitely definitely an extra push. Are there some guys who are like I, to be honest, didn't even notice? Like I never hear the crowd at all. Or, or do you lead, like, feed off of the emotions, or are you somebody who gets so dialed in that it's almost like, well, the crowd's there, but they're not really there. 
me personally, it's more like white noise, but I know for other guys, it, it's it's exactly what they need and what they want to play in front of people. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I can't. What, what, you know, did you did you find yourself like having to ramp yourself up in a different way when you got like when you made your debut last season? Like, did you did you find yourself having to do something different than you would do other times that you had pitched? Uh, I don't really think so, to be honest. Um, it's pretty much the same as like the game, the game is the game, whether there's people in the stands or not, but, uh, definitely with people in the stands, you got all those people yelling at you for or against you. It, it gives you that, that extra, at that extra edge. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine, I can only imagine how crazy it was going through all that. Dean Kramer with us on GCR. Dean, uh, so far, a few starts this season. Obviously, Saturday was was quite good. Would it be fair to say the biggest priority is is trying to get deeper into games at this point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm 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 trying to to just eat as many innings as I can. What, what's the difference right now? Right, like you put together a, a solid start on Saturday. What's the difference between pitching well in a short stretch and being able to get through? You know, maybe even to like a third time against the lineup. What's what's the difference in that right now? Um, it's just for me, it's establishing uh, my pitches to to their best um, locations and and kind of having a a solid attack plan and not really straying away from it uh, as the game moves forward. Do you feel like maybe is, is your fastball command something that you've maybe been trying to get a little bit? of a hold on in the early portion of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, command is always a, a priority, that and, and the curveball. I mean, I mean, the curveball is pretty devastating. Yeah, it's, it's working, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's work. I mean, I know it's part of what you've always had, right? It's the curveball. But how, how good does it feel when, like, you, fi- you, know, you get to this point, you're facing major league hitters, and you know you've got a pitch that is working at that level? Uh, it's it's definitely calming, yeah. and and you just have to remind yourself that it's gotten you here. It works here. Right. Keep doing it. Right. Okay. So tell me. As soon as you start getting away from it, then stuff the, hits the fan. That's fast. That's really fascinating to me, Dean. Like you know that pitch works. Are I I can't I can't possibly compare to being a major league pitcher. I, I'll tell you, I play tennis, right? And I've got a really good cross court forehand, but I find myself saying, "Well, they know that's coming, so I've got to try to do something else." As a pitcher, do you go through some of that where you're like, I know the curve works, but like, I, I got to try to see if something else works. Is that a mindset that you deal with? Oh, I, I, absolutely, and that's that's part of the stuff that I've gone through this this season as well. Um, just reminding myself, like, hey, your curveball's gotten you this far. It works. It helps play your fastball up. You can play your cutter off of that. You can't really use your cutter and then use your curveball. So it's it's and then same thing with the changeup, like. The curveball, I think, for me is is my key. I mean, it's it's really good. Like, there is no debating. It's really good. It is an outstanding major league pitch. How comfortable are you becoming with that cutter? Is it something that you feel like you're only going to learn to utilize even better as time goes on? Well, I, I had been I had been really confident in it the first two starts and, and throughout spring training. I was throwing it a lot, almost too much, um, and. Uh, it, it it became super comfortable for me, and then that with that being said, I I went away from the curveball and then so on and so forth. Dean Kramer, just another couple of minutes with him here on GCR. 
Dean, um, a lot was made this season about, you know, th this team wasn't expected to do much, right? And the 0.0% chance of making the playoffs. And through 16 games, you guys are sitting at 7-9, and nine, which let's not try to, like, let's not throw a parade over being 7-9, and nine, but it's not the, the doom and gloom that some people expected. How, how good have, has, does this group feel? And, and do you guys feel as a group, that, that you're capable of competing at this level throughout the course of the season? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. Um, what, what we do have going for us uh, right now is, uh, in comparison to other years, but I, I, I don't know other years in, in the clubhouse. I've never been in, right. in a different clubhouse. But uh, the camaraderie here, um, we all get along really, really well, and uh, we're all having fun. So that, that, I think, is the most important part. What, what's it been like being around Matt Harvey? Obviously someone who's accomplished so much and, and you know, is a different point in his career now. But what's it been like being around him? And have you been able to pick things up from him about just being a professional, being a major league pitcher? Yeah, him, both, both him and LeBlanc, I, I've leaned on heavily. I mean, their, their knowledge from playing the game so long um, is, you know, like, extremely valuable in my eyes so sure. i mean anything that i can get from tidbits to nuggets um i love i love having them around was it was it at all difficult last year watching the dodgers win the world series was there any part of you that was like man I, maybe at one point i would have been caught up and i could have gotten a ring out of it like was there, or was it something that you were able to enjoy because you knew people that were involved yeah it was more of me being happy for for my friends um I mean, yeah, everybody wants to win a World Series, but obviously I'm not with them anymore. And it's been a few years, so uh, that's kind of how it goes. But, I mean, to see my friends win and get a ring, and I, I texted a bunch of them and called them a bunch of them a couple of days ago or last week when they, when they got their rings to see it. It was incredible. That's cool. That's cool, man. How many, uh, how many haircuts have you had in the past year and a half? Mm. Uh, in the year and a half? So I got one before last spring training. And then at the end of the season last year, and then I had one uh, right before I got out to Sarasota. Is there like an unwritten rule book for starting pitchers with the long hair? Like it seems like Cindergaard sort of like you know started it. And it's now, a different world, right? right like, <laughs> is it does it have to stop like at the letters? Like what's the rule, or like how do you determine <laughs> the length? I don't know. It's just till uh until I can handle it, I guess. <laughs> when it starts getting out of hand, then then it means it's time to to trim it up, thin it out, whatever. Whatever it, it takes. Okay, but I've seen like you know I've seen pictures of you with shorter like what when what was the the point in your life where you decided I'm gonna be I'm gonna have the luscious flowing locks like I'm gonna be that guy and 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 is it are you committed to it for the long term or could you wake up tomorrow and be like eh I don't need it like wh where are you with that? I mean I usually start the season with somewhat longish hair. It's not short, but it's not long. Um, and then as the season goes on, I usually don't cut it. So by the end, it's it's pretty long. And then the, coming into this year, I was like, uh, I wonder what it's like going to be uh, if if I just leave it long and just have it long the whole season. Um, because I do like uh, when when it's in that like shorter phase, it's kind of like that in between phase where you have to wear a hat all the time you can't, or like have to put some sort of product in your hair all the time. Uh, and, and that's just too much work for me. I agree so, with that, dude. We so, so having longer hair, I can just put it up in a bun and go about my business. Don't have to wear hats very often. 
Um, so it's nice. Now, unfortunately, my hair doesn't grow like that. It's it's much more grotesque when I try to go that route, and so I'm forced to just say I'm just going to put a hat on, and that's the way that it's going to go. Like I have no choice but to handle it that way. I have so much respect for the idea of it's just not worth. I only have so many hours in a day. It's yeah. not worth spending more time dealing with this. Exactly. So it's, I have such respect for that as a man. I need you to know. I respect you as a pitcher. I respect you more as a man for making that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Dean Kramer, I, you, uh, far less active on, on Twitter these days, correct? Uh, never been a big Twitter guy. Yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. That uh, I wish. It's such a cesspool. I wish I could get away from it. Are you on Instagram? Yeah, I do. I, I'm more on that. I mean, I don't post very often, but uh, I am more active on on Instagram than I am on Twitter. It's the same thing at DJ underscore Cray K R E Y six. Correct. Yes. All right. Give him a follow on both. Dean Kramer, uh, looking forward to seeing you back here, man. Uh, congratulations on on getting to this point and and being a major league pitcher. And we can't wait to see what's what's coming next. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, dude. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Dean Kramer with us here on GCR. Great dude. Um, and again, pitch well on Saturday. Obviously, you know, in a in a short, small sample size in four and two thirds innings, you you want to see that you know improve from there. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys that we talked about. Like, uh, am, am I counting on him? No. But would it would it be very beneficial to this organization for Dean Kramer? to prove himself to be a quality starting pitcher for some time, extraordinarily. Mm-hmm. Extraordinarily beneficial Earlier for this Earlier the cutter have been promising. I mean, he looks good with the cutter. The fastball command has been yeah. shaky yeah. to start, and that's yep. something that doesn't seem like it's – it couldn't, I don't think, have been the case was it always. The, was it right? the New like, York start where you're like, he, he was getting strikeouts, but he was just falling behind in every count, yeah. you um, know? And so, like, he led the league. He led the minors in strikeouts, right? Like – you can't really do that unless you're pitching a lot of innings. Well, you're, and you're capable of throwing strikes, obviously. Right. It's so just... I think that the fastball command is something that he's more than capable of finding. We'll and from there, yeah. right, you just we'll hope see. that he can continue to progress with other pitches. And so I've always been a Kramer fan. Um, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan. Well, I'm, of course I'm a fan. And I've never said that, not once. Now, what, what he said at the comedy club after the years after the show was over. To be fair, you shouldn't have provoked him. No, no, no. I don't know. Michael Richards kind of has never come back from that, has no. he? Yeah, kind of. Well, what is he going to do? That's He's a good point. That's a good point. What is he going to do? It's <laughs> a good point. Um, but no, I mean, like, I would love to see Dean, Dean Kramer prove himself to be a guy for this team for some time to come. I would love for that to be the case and appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. All right. Uh, we are in hour number one of the program. Today's show also brought to you by. Oh, this one's brought to you by. Your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Man, right now, your local Toyota dealer and at buyatoyota.com, you can make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Again, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. We come back in, um, a su- kind of a surprise for me visit that the Baltimore Ravens are going to be hosting this week. I, I don't. I'm honest to God, I did not know that this man was even available, if I'm being completely honest with you. We'll talk about it next and some other football-related topics that I want to get to. Aaron Donald. That's the one. It's really surprised (laughs) by it. It's Glenn Clark rated. It's not Aaron Donald from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but Alright, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. I've had a few people ask about our draft coverage plans, and we're still finalizing them, but I can tell you a couple things with certainty. We will be doing a Project Game Day NFL Draft special at least on Thursday and Friday night of the NFL Draft. That part I can tell you definitely. 
I can also tell you one more part of it, definitely, and that's that we're going to be spending Thursday night of the NFL draft hanging out with our friends at Great Eights Memorabilia for an incredible event. So you can join Great Eights Memorabilia for a Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland draft party featuring Baltimore running back Gus the Bus Edwards Thursday, April 29th from 7 to 10 p.m. at Looney's Pub Perry Hall. It's a free event for the whole family that will be filled with raffles, a mini silent auction, food and drink specials all night long. Our Project Game Day draft special will be broadcast live from Looney's Perry Hall. I am to understand Jeremy Kahn is going to be a part of that. He's going to be joining us a little bit later on. Ken Zalis is going to be a part of it. We're all working. Again, we're still finalizing details as to what it all is going to look like. But Thursday night from Looney's Perry Hall for this Great Eights memorabilia, Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland, and a draft party. Can't wait for that. The meet and greet with Gus Edwards will include an autographed and photo for just $45. Tickets and further info can be found at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, and that's the number eight in GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. So GreatNumberEightSMemorabilia.com. And for a limited time, you can save $8 on your meet and greet ticket by using the code GLENN in all caps, G-L-E-N-N. G-L-E-N-N, which some of you still don't know, including some people that we are friends with on this show that still don't know all these years later how to spell my name. Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, in all caps, when you purchase your tickets through Mission Ticks and at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. So again, the details I can give you so far, Project Game Day Draft Special, Thursday night, live at Looney's Pub Perry Hall with Great Eights Memorabilia, with Gus Edwards. Your meet-and-greet tickets available, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com or Mission Ticks. Save 8 bucks by using the code GLENN in all caps, G-L-E-N-N, when you check out. And then we're going to do another show on Friday from the uh, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio and... Maybe more than that. We're working through all those details right now as we are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft, and we are looking forward to that. Um, speaking of the NFL, I was very much caught off guard this morning. I'm not going to lie. I I had no idea this man was available. I I I don't really know why he's available. I, this is part of the problem with talking about offensive linemen is that we just don't pay as close of attention. The Baltimore Ravens are hosting Steelers free agent offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva. Is it Villanueva or Villanueva? It's set, people say Villanueva, but I mean I understand. I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. This is when you do the Angel Angel bit where you're like, I know it's Angel. Everyone, everyone in media always says Villanueva. Villanueva? Yeah. But that wh- how, wh- I understand what you're arguing is that if it's, it's Alejandro, it's then he's supposed Hispanic, to be, right? Yeah. I also don't know yeah. if I've heard many people in Spanish say the name Villanueva for, for what it's worth. You know, like, I, I don't know either. Well, what was Charlie? Was Charlie Charlie Villanueva was Villanueva? Villanueva. Yeah. Alejandro Villanueva is set to visit the Ravens this week, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. With some moving parts in Baltimore's O line, they plan to check out Villanueva in person. So there's a couple things here. One. The immediate response would be, oh, you're looking for the replacement after you trade away Orlando Brown. 
Uh, These guys wouldn't just be out there available. If maybe, you were. and that's the part that yeah. I keep coming back to is what happened to Alejandro Villanueva. I mean, he was. Well, if teams thought of him as a starting tackle. He would have been signed already. No question. Now, not to say that there aren't guys that sometimes sign late that end up. Once upon a time, the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens found Bryant McKinney very late in the process. In fact, so late they didn't think he should be a starter. And then he ultimately ended up being the solution for a team that went on to win a Super Bowl. It's not to say that you can't find capable starting caliber players this late in the process. But I remember this guy being thought of as a good football player, as a as a solid. Obviously, he's most well known for standing outside the locker room. It wasn't even like a decision. It's among the things he's known for. He's most well known for his service in the Army. Sure. That's what he's most well known for. He was also a very solid player for some time. He's solid. I think at, at, he was never, I don't think, one of the top ten tackles in the league. Uh, I mean, I, but I, I, I'm I not going really to try to pretend like I'm I'm capable of, of... I would say it's if you were to sign him, I would you would say, of course, why not? Right? Like, it's a quality depth signing, assuming he's not guaranteed anything. Right? Like, the I mean, Ravens I, currently have two tackles that are much better. Now, yes, for how long the that's the case, at we the don't moment. know. And, and and by the way, they have they have stockpiled these types of players in recent years, the DJ Flukers of the world, the Andre Smiths of the world, the guys that have been solid mm-hmm. starting offensive linemen that you're like, well, that could be the solution that, that didn't print. Now, Andre Smith like, opted Somewhat out. Somewhat odd that I guess the Steelers, maybe they got rid of him because he's not pass and, blocking and, the way they like. The, and they don't do a lot of running, though, right? Like, and maybe Okay, maybe. Although everybody thinks they're going to draft a running back. Everybody thinks they're going to change that they – this is Ben Roethlisberger. Last, like this he's going to throw the ball fifty times. Sure. It's what they do. I hear you. I hear what you're but saying. I mean, like in the time that he's been there, they never ran the ball really. I mean, Le'Veon did run certainly, but they were a more pass happy team for sure. Sixty forty would be a probably reasonable depiction of what the Steelers do. And not last year. I don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I genuinely don't know. I am. He just signed an extension last year. How old is he? Uh, he's thirty two. Um, I, I he was am, never a left tackle, was he? I don't think so, because they had um the Florida kid, right? Foster, Ramon no, Foster. Was he? No, they had um, was it Gilbert? Oh, Marcus Gilbert. Is that who it was? I don't Max know Gilbert. It. I thought his Max, name was. Max? Right. was that Maybe we're, we're gonna end up there. Somebody's listening right now. Like you guys have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm gonna move on because I'm just gonna admit I don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Um. I I'm I'm just telling you I'm confused. He by was this. their left tackle for his first. That's I, I mean there you go, there you go. Um, there are some things that that bothered people um about Villanueva as far as his concerns, his his own personal activism. There are some things that people like a great deal. About Villanueva, I I don't really care about any of that. I care about whether the guy can play football, and if he can, yeah, it would seem like a a smart signing. I am just confused. I'm not. I'm confused by Alejandro Villanueva only because it's not somebody that I've been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. I am. I am not. I can't speak enough to where he is as a football player that he is available, and whether or not he maybe he is still a capable starting offensive tackle and if that's the case why is he sitting here at this point when was he released yeah i, I don't know I, I, there's so much i don't I think know. It's con- I don't know there's so much i don't know about alejandro villanueva and unfortunately this news came right before the show started so i wasn't able to do a lot of homework on it before we started the the show and so i'm 
Um, I'm I'm just more than a little confused. He literally just signed a four-year extension with the Steelers a year ago, which is which is weird. Uh, I mean, I I can't get around it. It's weird. Now I know they've got salary cap problems, right? Like that that was one of the things we knew about the Steelers, and so you know why they were. I I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna end up sounding stupid as I talk about this. So I'm. I probably already am, frankly. I'm probably there's a lot of you that are like, you already sound very stupid. I don't know. Maybe and maybe I maybe I misread that when he signed that extension. Yeah, I don't think he did sign that extension. I thought that I mean for what it's worth, I haven't found that, but I don't know. I mean it's he started ninety games, but they said there's no denying Villanueva took a step this is on Steelers wire, took a step back in twenty twenty as a run blocker. Yeah, somebody just r- put the wrong date on it. There was no extension last year. But he was not alone as far as taking a step back as a run blocker. Look, I mean, you know. He was a true free agent, by the way. He was not released. He His extension, so I apologize, his extension ended after this season. So, no, he did not sign an extension. I apologize. I take it back. This is my Scott Garceau moment. This is what happens when you're trying to read up on the, something that happened just before the show began. Um... I mean, he's afraid because he's wasn't playing well enough, probably. I assume. I mean, <laughs> I I assume that's what it is. But I again, I I wasn't paying enough. I can't attention. imagine he was the, the sole reason the Steelers couldn't run the ball last year. Well, they didn't try to run the ball. <laughs> they never attempted to. They just didn't. They it's a different bit. Don't know what to make of it. It's it's interesting, but it's just interesting, and that's all I'll give it. I would still lump this into every other thing that we've talked about with free agents, especially now knowing that he was a true free agent. I don't think there's a chance in hell that the Ravens are signing him before we get to May 3rd. I think they're bringing guys in, getting a look at him, trying to feel however they might feel going into that May 3rd date, which almost becomes a new first day of free agency for whatever's left. Is is I assume also that it's not going to cost you a lot of money if you go that route. I would assume that too. But I also, I guess what I would say... After we worked through all of that and made ourselves sound stupid in the process, here's where I'll make a greater point. I would not be looking at this as the Ravens know they're trading Orlando Brown and are trying to line up the guy that's going to be their starting tackle for after they trade Orlando Brown. I would not view it that way. Is it a possibility? Perhaps. Perhaps. But I would not create a cause and effect on something along these lines. Hey, they're bringing in Alejandro Villanueva. That means they know... They're about to deal Orlando Brown, and they're trying to find their guy. I, I would not read that as cause and effect. Is it is it plausible that it happens? Of course, because it was always plausible that they were going to trade Orlando Brown. It's It's always been a possibility that that could be the case. And if they do, while I think a lot of people have believed they would look to draft a tackle early on, there are plenty of other options, including playing Tyree Phillips, as their right tackle this season after they drafted him early in last year's draft and saw a bit of him at that position a year ago. They they have some veterans on the roster. That There's a million things. I don't even they think... They could do them all. Some combination of all of the above, correct. Remember, they played multiple you know right tackles after Ronnie Stanley got hurt last season, too. So... It could mean... I think it makes sense is just checking in on a guy It 1,000% makes sense to bring somebody in and take a look. There is no doubt that it makes sense to bring someone in and take a look. It doesn't guarantee that they sign him. 
It doesn't guarantee that even if they sign him, it's because there's something pending. It, I mean, it wouldn't really make sense to sign him before May 3rd. Let's start with that. And it could be that before that point, they've dealt Orlando Brown. I think a lot of people have looked at the draft as a possibility of a time for when Orlando Brown might get traded, that there might be teams who like certain tackles in the draft, and if those tackles don't fall to them at the point at which they have their pick, they're more inclined to call the Ravens back up and say, all right, we didn't get our guy. You can have the late first-round pick for Orlando Brown or early second-round pick or whatever it would be. I think that that is more plausible. Mm -hmm. Still doesn't guarantee that it happens, but it's more plausible and the draft matters. So it might very well be that the Ravens are prepared for that to potentially be the case, that they know that there are certain, whatever the team is, that says, we really like this guy. And if that guy's not there, there's a chance that team picks up the phone and makes the call during the course of the draft, and the draft is when the trade happens. We'll see how that plays out. The other big football news from the weekend is we're into hour number two from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The other big football news from the weekend is that the Ravens indeed joined the group of teams that are saying we are not going to participate in OTAs. I'm 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 interested in this. And it's something they're not gonna they're just gonna want to leave it as a blanket statement. And I can tell you that as a fact. I've already reached out to a couple of guys. They don't really want to talk about it. They just don't. It's far easier for them to just make a blanket statement, say we're showing solidarity and not talk about it from there. There are a few layers to this, right? The first layer would be, well, if you can safely play the games, why couldn't you safely come out and work out? Relevant question. The second layer being, well, these are voluntary workouts. Sure. And we can't, we have to remember that. These are voluntary workouts. The third layer becomes, the players don't want to be there any more than they possibly have to be. They feel as though they're giving something to the owners, and they're not really getting anything in return. And I don't know what the future will hold for voluntary workouts of any sort. And once a couple of other teams made the decision, I think it really did put pressure on other teams. Now, as a, as a union, you kind of feel like you need to stand up for it for each other. So I don't even really know how much of a decision it was for Ravens players versus, and the, the, the union representatives on the Ravens roster are Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley, and then Calais Campbell's also on the NFLPA's executive board. I don't know how much of it wasn't the union talking to those guys and saying, hey, go back to the report to the team and say, we're just not doing this. And they went back and said, look, as a union, we're just not doing this. And the guy said, okay. You know, like that's, you know, that's the way it goes. That's the, the point of having a union. I think the real question is, does it matter? It doesn't matter. And my answer is no. Of course it doesn't matter. In the same way that all these other things that we try to make seem like they matter don't. It's the thing where we want to feel comfortable. We want to feel like the guarantee fairy is coming in and putting something under our pillow at night. And, you know, our daughter's not missing. 
we try to get warm fuzzies about hearing that a quarterback is going out and working out with his wide receivers. Well, that but it, No, it does not. It never has, and it never will. It has never mattered. There has never been any correlation between that and success on the field. Peyton Manning said that he would never have done anything he did had he not done that. Okay, thank you. Um, there, it's never mattered. It never will matter. But it just makes us feel better. It just is our, 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 our safety blanket. It, it's not a thing. And in the same way, it has zero effect on who's going to win the Super Bowl this year that the Ravens and a bunch of other teams, at least, if not ultimately all of them, are not going to participate in off-season uh, voluntary workouts. Zero. None. It does not matter. Now, might it matter to a last guy on the roster? 1,000%. It might very well end up, end up mattering for a Geno Stone, who most certainly would have been at all of the OTAs, would have been constantly trying to get in front of coaches and showing them things and making them think twice about whether or not he should be the last player on the roster when we get to 53 in the fall. Yes. Yes. It matters to them. And I am sure that if they had their druthers, they would rather be reporting for OTAs. But they're also part of this union, too. And not a good look to go against the rest of the union. Does it matter for the team? No. Is there some minute possibility that you're going to make a decision about a 53rd man on the roster and that guy's going to end up going somewhere else and turning into a special player? I guess, yes. I, I, I guess that's possible. In fairness, once upon a time you had OTAs and you had a full camp and James Harrison still slipped away from you. But is there some minuscule possibility that the collateral damage of a decision like this will prove to be that there's some guy that's right now battling to be the last man that would make the roster this season that that might have bowled you over and you would have said, we have to keep that guy on the team and instead with less of an opportunity to see him. Yeah, James Robinson have gotten his gents last year had he not you know, had. Well, they didn't. Right. I mean, I hear you. So there's still so there's, chances that those players yes, still correct. find that's their not wins, a, right? That's the opposite of that argument, which is they didn't need any of but that. But there were probably out. guys who last year maybe would have there had. Might, right, they, again, sure. Geno Stone could be that example from last year with the Ravens. He didn't end up making the roster. No, for the first time ever, the Ravens didn't keep any undrafted free agents on their roster because they didn't have nearly as much of an opportunity to look at any of them. Geno Stone was drafted, though. Geno Stone was drafted, yeah. but uh, none of the undrafted correct. guys for the first time ever, none made the Ravens roster. Now, I'm not telling you that any of I can't even remember who the guys were. And I'm certainly not going to tell you that any of them, I guess Tyler Huntley was one of them, right? I'm not going to tell you that any of them will end up being quality football players. But is it possible that this leads to that? Yes, it's possible. Is that a good reason to not do it? No. In the same way that it's not a good reason to keep doing preseason games for just the fun of doing preseason games. It's, that's, this is not a good argument for that. It's such a small thing that we're talking about this last guy on the roster thing it's a bummer for them but it's not a good argument for why you should be doing it Ravens got trouble once upon a time for the contact during OTAs yes right? they did they did get penalized once upon a time for that so that won't be happening right. I guess right. they got that going for them which is nice I just you can't get me to get worked up about it. you can't get me to try to pretend like this matters I, I can't I, I'm sure some of you, I know apparently John Harbaugh went off about it a few weeks ago. I had not seen this quote, 
Um, well, of course, coaches want more time to well, coach. They've players. always, they've eternally wanted that, and they eternally will want that. They and will. They, they had the they, they had the the advantage in the power dynamic of the voluntary word for a long time. Right, because they had the advantage in the power dynamic as a whole, so everything kind of worked for them, right? Like we could essentially penalize guys that weren't showing up. Um, it, it's just that th- those days are over. Those days are gone. Players realize their value, and they're making decisions for them. And that's why I think that they're going to have to take that out moving forward. I think that moving forward, the the owners and the players are going to have to bargain on an amount of time that the players will be at the building and remove the voluntary aspect of this. Because why... There is something to be said for it. If you are an established veteran, why would you be there? I mean... Suggs used to skip OTAs often. It turns out he was okay. Mm-hmm. He was he was just fine every time. Uh, uh, this is from Jamison Hensley Twitter account. A month ago, Ravens coach John Harbaugh was outspoken against a virtual offseason, saying it would be, quote, a colossal mistake, unquote. Quote, if you think you can just go to training camp and develop as a quarterback, that's fantasy land. That can be really ugly football, I promise you, unquote. Okay. I mean, I, what, what am, I, I don't know what you want me to say I, here. He's only talking about the quarterback doing stuff. Yeah, it is, that is kind of, I mean, I don't know if there right. was more to that comment than just what Jamison Hensley shared. Okay. That's, that's the opinion that you have. The football was fine last year. Were there some penalty problems? 100% there were penalty Look, is problems. There, could they be frustrated that they've now for two years been unable to try to develop whatever the offense might be or trying to be, right? Like that they haven't had the time to I mean, install. If, if, if you can't do that. I get that. Right? You should be able to hand out Yes, that's on and, you. Right. That's on you. That's not on I this. Agree. That's on you. If that's really what this is, and I don't think that's what it is. I think it's coaches wanting players in the building. That's what they want. They want them there all the time. They constantly want players to be in the building. They would have them there every day of the year if they possibly could. Players say, we're not doing it. Is it really about safety? Mm. Uh, it's going to be hard to get me on board with that. You're going to be hard-pressed to get me on board with saying, it's this is a wise decision the players are making because of COVID procedure. I, I'm not. You guys are willing to go play. Mm-hmm. and You guys are willing to be in the building a year ago. It's very difficult to now say, well, it's just too dangerous for us to be in the building. Yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not joining you there, but I'm also not joining you on the need for it to happen. These are voluntary workouts. You have the right to say we're not going. And as a unit, they're saying we're not going. And what they're really saying is we want to end the concept of voluntary workouts moving forward. That's really what they were trying to accomplish here. We come back in. Jeremy Kahn is going to join us from 105.7 The Fan, and he's going to be part of our Project Game Day NFL draft coverage too, and I'm excited about that. That's next. Today's show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio, also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windonation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's help you Chris Jericho, the champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Congratulations to Chesapeake Employers Insurance as it has been announced today that they will be the new uh that will be the new name of the arena at umbc the chesapeake employers insurance arena so we will share that with them very cool happy for our friends tom phelan everybody over at chesapeake employers insurance i know that's a very big deal and i know it's a big deal for everybody at umbc too tonight stand the fan charles ross grimsley talking baseball on facebook live as they do every monday night 
And they're going to be joined at 6 o'clock tonight by the great Mike Boddicker. So you want to make sure you're checking that out at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you can see it tomorrow, pressboxonline.com. Stan shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Joining us now, of course, man who you see his picks every day at pressboxonline.com and listen to every morning on the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. He's our pal Jeremy Kahn, and he's with us here on GCR. What's going on, Jeremy? How are you, bud? What's up, man? Things are good. Everything good? Did you get this? You got the serum this morning? Yeah, I got my um uh, the the. So I think I'm going to be a super soldier now. Is the yeah, way I works. think that's the way it goes. Now I'm a little bit yeah. worried. You're not going to like. I'm Captain America. Yeah, yeah you're so. John Walker. You're John <laughs> Walker now. Oh, that's the way it works. By the yeah. way, how, are you are you as in on uh on on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as I am? I, I think it's yeah. been phenomenal. I, I look. I think everything Marvel puts out. Now we could go back and start poking holes in some of the other movies. Definitely the end of that Spider-Man. Uh, series when they're changing things up and i'm really oh, interested you're in you're go- what this multiverse looks like uh, hang on which but, wait which spider-man are you going back to hang on a second spider-man 3 oh well I mean, that's that, a different thing that that predates their the I'm marvel just saying, well yeah it's not in the mcu but with right. marvel i mean it's still a marvel movie but uh, they had some bad ones and like the what was it the second thor was i think the worst marvel movie a couple of the incredible hawks in there we could poke holes in but for the most part I'd say like eighty percent of them, they just hit them out of the park. I think I mean, since just, since the MCU so started, it's been damn near one thousand percent batting. And I I thought Wandavision was good. I think Falcon Winter Soldier has been even better. And I also think that like I'm not trying to say that movies are ended by this, but how ridiculous is it that we are getting this content every week, and it is movie level quality and being delivered to our homes every week? Yeah. It's it's, it's amazing, man, and I wish they'd do more of this. Um, and I think they're going to, but you know, it's just it's kind of incredible to um, to watch all this stuff. And like, you know, even like the comic books and stuff that I was reading as a kid and following this, like I, I would go on and watch. I mean, just nerd stuff. I mean, this is total nerd stuff. And I and I would geek out and watch like uh, like little podcasts on the movie and see what Easter eggs and little things that I may have missed or. You know, there's always those things, but I, I'll sit down and watch somebody talk about it, which is just so corny, but I really enjoy you, doing that. You, okay, you are a nerd. Yeah, you yeah. are a nerd. I, yeah. can't, I can't do that. I also can't well, you watch... heard? Did I ever tell you my Game of Thrones thing? So, like, I, I would watch every episode three times a week. <laughs> um, I would watch it the night uh, the, the night that the, the show would, um, you know, on Sunday night. Then I'd rewatch it on Monday. And then depending on if my wife hadn't watched it, I would watch it one time with her. Um, unless that happened to be Monday night, but then I would watch it, um, you know, the third time before the next episode would start. And I geeked out over the show, was listening to podcasts, reading books on it, all the all the other crap that goes along with it. And I've never been more disappointed yeah. in anything in my entire life than that final season. I was going to say, did you still do the the game tape study in the final season? <laughs> right. and did and you just like, give just, up on uh, it at that so, point. So I the the final episode, the very last episode, yeah. I only I've only watched it once, and I've never rewatched it. Yeah, I don't I was blame so you. angry at how it finished that no, I, just, at, at least, I said, "I'm done with you." At least Cersei got what she deserved, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like it's just funny. Like Jack Gleason, the kid that played Joffrey, like he can't. He can't be anything else. He's just Joffrey. Yeah, I know, Like, right? he showed up in another movie, and I'm like, hey, Joffrey, get out of here, you jackass. <laughs> like, that's all he can be. That's all you are. Um, we, For those that are unaware, a year ago, when Jeremy and I started doing this weekly thing, this was all we talked about for a little while, is what each other was watching. <laughs> 
at that point. Because I just had, what's that? I just found a great show. Tiger King, the best eulogy well, we spent, ever given. Correct. We spent oh, a lot of time on that. What, what show did you? It was a originally. It's on Amazon Prime, evidently now. But the originally it was a YouTube original, and it's not the one I told you about before. Champagne. Okay. This is Wayne. It's a. I know nothing about Wayne. I how to describe it. Someone described it as like John Wick meets like Ferris Bueller meets like another whatever more socially awkward person. But it's but is very, it? It's at times kind of gory and violent. Okay, all right. But it's I'm a listening. very dark comedy. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I believe the first season is on Amazon Prime. I don't know if the second season is in production or if it will be. I don't. I don't know what the deal is when it will continue or if it will continue. But the first season has been very, very, very good. Jeremy, are you a Peaky Blinders guy? Um, I watched the into the third season, and then not that I didn't like it. It's just one of those things when sports starts. Like sometimes I, I like I shows get it. will fall out of favor. I get and it. I like I got to go back and I got to rewatch it because I started like I got to the point when um, Tom Hardy came in. Yeah, who's um, I, by the way? At first, I hated Offie. I hated the character at first, right? Like cause it was mm-hmm. just so over the top. And then within like six episodes, I said. And then he took his shirt off. Yeah, and then I was like, "Wow, that's Tom Hardy." Oh. Actually, no. Heaven. Um, uh, no, within six episodes, I was like, "Well, this is the greatest acting performance in the history of acting." I mean, like, Did you see he's Bronson? just so phenomenal. No, I've not. I've not seen Bronson. So I've very, Bronson. very Bronson sad news. Uh, I finally came on to Peaky Blinders like a month ago, and Aunt Polly died last yeah. week. Uh, Helen McCrory, who played Aunt Polly, died, and that sucks because she is a genius. She had a bulldog named Butkus, right? Aunt Polly, or was that? Yeah, I not bad, not bad, um, not bad. I did not know that she also was in Harry Potter because I, I, I am, I have no relationship with the Harry Potter franchise whatsoever. Like I've I just like never, it. it's never been a thing for me. I watched all the Harry Potter movies, and I'm still unsure of what I watched. Well, Jeremy, you got to study the game tape and read the book. Right, you got to go back and watch it a third time, and listen to the podcast afterwards. And then you'll film have a study, feel. Game of Thrones film study. I'm okay, tell- so what's the hound's background? <laughs> I'm telling you, Aunt Polly. Everything after the episode where she was nearly executed—that's the the finest acting I've ever seen. Like she, really? her character from that point on, absolutely. And it was good before. It became utterly brilliant. Better than after Good that Burger. Point. Close, really close. Good Burger was really good too. So it, you know what's funny? Like I have a bunch of shows. Like everybody's been talking about Snowfall. Now I feel like I have to watch that. Snowfall's good. Uh, I, very good. I started Snowfall. I will warn Snowfall. you both. I've warned Glenn before. Yeah. If you're gonna watch Snowfall, mentally and psychologically prepare yourself for I believe episode six of the first season, where there is a scene that will just make you really, 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 really uncomfortable. So yeah, uh, more more so than the um the when the gang goes to uh, the the Jersey Shore and I know that's the greatest that happens under the board that's wall the greatest moment that. in television history, much, Jeremy. Much, it's the greatest much moment. More so. I have there have been a lot of things that have made me laugh with my teeth out in my life. <laughs> the pure <laughs> shocking nature of that is is among the most incredible things ever accomplished in television. Yeah, this, like uh, how purely wonderfully done that this was. Charlie's while, eating suntan lotion. <laughs> so great. I would say this while while similar lacks any humor whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Right. This is not magical at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not the case. Oh. Um, all right, so I learned something last week. Jeremy Kahn is with us here in GCR. First of all, uh, Jeremy, you're going to come hang out with us next Thursday night, Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, for our Project Game Day draft special. Uh, KZ is going to be a part of it, too. 
we're going to be at Looney's with Great Eights memorabilia and benefiting uh, Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Gus Edwards is going to be there. You can get your meet and greet tickets right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Save eight bucks when you use the code GLEN in all caps at checkout. Save eight bucks on your meet and greet tickets. We're looking forward to that broadcast. I learned something from one of my friends in Vegas. He said, the NFL draft is the single event that Vegas loses the most money on during the course of the year. Are you aware of that, and are you a man who attempts to bet the NFL draft much? Yeah, I, I have in years past. So, like, um, a lot of the places that I know, because there is information, it's, it's much like, uh, you know, like we were talking about Game of Thrones, you could bet on who was going to sit on the Iron Throne. There was somebody out there that knows knew, that, the correct. information. It's, you know, and then there's, it's like there's betting professional people. wrestling. Yeah, one hundred, and you can do that too. There's a lot of things you can bet on, but it's usually capped at a certain amount. Like, um, I know one sports book that I was with years ago uh, capped you at fifty. Like the max you could bet was a fifty dollar bet on one of the the draft prop bets. So, like I would like I would make bets like um, over under three and a half players from Florida State or Alabama or whatever. Uh, over under five wide receivers taken in the mm-hmm. in the first round and, and stuff like that. Or you can also do the um, proverbial, like, Trey Lance right, to the uh, over under fourth pick in the draft. Like, you know, it's some, something similar to that. So there's all these different things you can bet on. But, there, you know, there, outside of any other sporting event, you, you actually have a better grip on it of understanding which direction teams are going in. And I feel like that might give the better a little bit more of an edge. And plus, what they've started doing, too, is they started doubling the juice. So you would end up paying – like 120 on a bet instead of 110, as you typically would. Sounds hmm. about like OJ's making two appearances. Ah, now. yeah, more more of the juice. That's what we need in our lives. <laughs> more juice. Um, so so is the, are there things that you started to see that you're starting to come into clarity for you for the draft as far as betting is concerned? Well, so the one thing that really threw me for a loop is, like, I, I find it extremely hard to believe that the 49ers gave up everything to move up and get my body double in Mac Jones. <laughs> I just don't see that happening at three. I just I, I refuse to believe that's what they did. I agree. Um so I think Trey Lance is going to end up going there, even though I, I like Fields better, um, unless there's something weird. Like, everybody's talking about Wilson's going two. Um, you know, we know Trevor Lawrence is going one. It, it's a matter of how many quarterbacks are going to go in. And, and it seems like the number's pretty fair. I'm wondering if this year ends up being a year where, uh, it's much like what the Ravens did with Lamar, that we see some of those teams that didn't go after a quarterback in the top ten maybe try to trade back in and get a quarterback if there's somebody they like. But, again, it might be slim pickings by that point in time. So, okay, but would you bet – so if the number was set at five, for example, right, if it was set at five mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the first round, would you bet one way or the – I mean, I think nobody would bet the under on five. Like, I don't five think and a half, right? I, but I don't yeah. know, right? Or do they leave it at five looking for the push? I don't – I, I, I wonder – no, because I think a lot of times they'll put the half in there. So I would bet that the over-under would more than likely be four and a half. With a, well, a heavy have, juice towards have, the over, and I was gonna say, yeah, but you, you would have, have to, to bet the, the over in right. that there's scenario. No, right? I mean, we think there's no way Fields falls to 24 with the Steelers, and if they didn't pick him, they would be like, I can't imagine the anger that would exist for him or any of the teams. I mean, that's no. Of course, no we say that we say this like we know we say this like we know what we're talking about, and then we find out that fathom. that all everything about Mac Christian Jones has Ponder just been. was picked 12th overall. I hear you, but not he wasn't picked that way in every draft that happened once. Aaron Rodgers fell. He did not out of the first round though. No. Not out of the first round, and I think that's the weird part, right? Like, if the number was set at four and a half, I feel like you would have to bet the over there, wouldn't you? Yeah, because you're, well, you're certain that four are going in the first mm-hmm. round. It's just a big question if you get your fifth, right? 
People who say that uh, they're going to be four going in the first four or five picks. Potentially, right. Yeah. Potentially, correct. And so then you just need one to go to the Patriots or the Steelers later on in the first round who are sitting there Washington like... Washington is right. a bunch so of teams. Right. Would you ask me this, like, to be honest, I haven't looked at any of it. So I, I've just seen like stuff that's been thrown around on, um, you know, if somebody tweets something out about something they like or on some of the daily wager shows that are on all the networks now. Um, but other than that, I just don't, you know, like I, I haven't looked at a ton of the, the draft props and things to bet on just yet. Um, but you know, there's, 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 look, there's something to bet on. I'm probably betting on it. So there will be, there, there will be wagers placed. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that much. I can't get over the thought that they would set the number at four and a half. I think you have to be wrong. I just think you no. have to be wrong. No. It, could, it could be, but I don't think is? it's going to be set at five. It's either four and a half or five and a half. And I honestly, like, money. like, do you think there are six quarterbacks that are going to go in the and first round? And that's the point. That's why I, I thought there was a chance. I just left the number at five and said, we'll deal with the push, right? Like, so so it, the, the one thing that they would do, like, let's say it was at five and a half. I don't know that they would put it on five because I think they want a winner and loser out of this. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that they could up the juice then. So, like, you know, it's the same thing that happens a lot in hockey when they come off of that, that half a goal. So it goes from six to five and a half, let's say. Uh, everybody's betting on the under, and it drops down. So then the over, it would become, instead of six, it would become five and a half, and you'd be like minus 140. So now you're, it's four times the OJ. No, it's four times the juice. Uh, so, by the way, the number uh, is five and a half, for what it's worth. The number is so five and a half. Now that one's tough, too, because then I feel it... like you have to bet the under. Like, but that's, that's still a risk, right? Like, you're, you're, you can't know for sure. You can't know for sure, but team... I just do not believe that Kyle Trask is going in the first round of the NFL Trask. draft. It could be Mills, right? It could be just any, any of them. Like, I don't believe they're going in the first round of the them, NFL right? draft. I don't believe it. I would have to bet the under. I think yeah, because, like, what, and I was when, and doing my math and saying four and a half because Mac Jones, I was leaving him out because uh, there's, there's clearly five. Five are going, right? There's, there's that's guaranteed five. Yeah. That's what we think. Unless for some reason a, one of these guys has been nothing but smoke, If it right? had been four and a half, I was going to have to bet a lot of money on it. I would have to be just risking my entire future I on just don't believe. I don't believe Kellen Mond's going in the first round. I don't well, believe any of half, these guys. I'm not making that bet ever. But I, would, I almost feel like it's the other way. I feel like you have to bet the under at five and a half. Quarterbacks so what would be the rule if a quarterback was drafted in the first round, but he was moved to wide receiver? Uh, I don't think it matters. I don't think it helps <laughs> us at all. I don't think it helps us in any scenario with this. Yeah. I don't know. Are you are you coalescing at all around anything for the Ravens, or is it, they're too deep in the first round for you even have an opinion about that? I mean, it's just it's such a hard thing to talk about. Like we can sit here and name players. Like last year we were in the same boat, and I remember going on. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Pro Football Focuses, uh, their their mock draft thing, and I was and I picked Patrick Queen. But that was another one where, you know, you knew there were going to be one of the two good line, or you thought one of the two good linebackers, yep. Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, would be there. And then we all felt like, and then um, the kid from Texas Tech that Seattle took, Jordan Brooks, popping up. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and so that like we kind of felt they'd be in the mix. But when I did the mock draft and Patrick Queen's on the board. It made sense. Now, it wasn't me being a genius, like, oh, I knew they were going to take Patrick Queen all along. It just, he just happened to it's be logical, there, and I thought yeah, that made the most sense for him. But when you're picking this late in the draft, there's just so many things that can happen ahead of you. Trades, um, you know, uh, every once in a while, a player will show up with a gas mask, smoking weed, and he'll slide in the draft a little bit. It happens from time to time. And, and then, you'll, know, like, and then you'll end up getting it, like, yeah. <laughs> just the Hall of Halls, yeah. trading him away years later. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, but there's all types of things that can go on where it just makes it incredibly difficult. And then the Ravens are – the toughest team to predict because you know you, so, even when they're you so think likely to you not pick anybody, no doubt. They're so yeah. likely, like, and this is the part that I'm coming around to is that you know I I think they would love, man. I don't know. I, I'm not even gonna try to tell you. I've I've talked to a couple people. I think that 
the, the guys that we think are slam dunks are slam dunks, right? If somehow Rashad, I would be stunned if Rashad Bateman was sitting at 27, the Baltimore Ravens didn't take Rashad Bateman. I would genuinely be stunned by that. Even if they want more picks, even I would be stunned if Rashad Bateman slipped to 27 that the Baltimore Ravens wouldn't take him. I would be absolutely floored by that. Um, well, but is he going to be me, there? Well, I'm just going to pose this to you because with the news that slowly leaked out and the Ravens said they're not going to talk about it today, with Villanueva coming in here, yeah. do you think, I mean, because I, I think that there's a, a good chance if they bring Villanueva in, I, there's still some concern over Ronnie Stanley, will he be ready by uh, the start of the season? Um, I think they're hoping he will be, but again, it's still a relative unknown um, that they do trade Orlando Brown Jr. If they're, like, if Villanueva's here, then yeah. I could see that happening and them drafting another young tackle at some point in the draft. So we were talking about this a minute ago. I don't think they're signing him before the draft because I, st- mm-hmm. I just don't think they're signing anybody until May 3rd at this point, unless they're, it's a player who was cut, right? I don't think they're signing. 100%. I don't think anybody's signing until May 3rd. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a cause and effect, right? Like I don't think seeing that Villanueva is coming in for a visit means they know they're tra- trading Orlando Brown. I think it's a they know they might trade Orlando Brown, and so they want to take a look at other guys that could come in and play tackle. I think it's the the opposite. I'm doing a chicken and the egg bit right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think it's with with the knowledge that Orlando Brown could be dealt. We need to make sure we've done our work on the guys that are still out there on the market, and if one of those guys can come in and help us, I don't think it's, we know we're trading Orlando Brown, so we have to find this guy. But I think we've all known that Orlando Brown was in play and, and could end up being dealt, and it won't surprise me if it happens during the draft. I, I think one of the scenarios that we talked about a lot is a team that looks at this group of tackles and says, we, we like, you know, we've got a, maybe a late first-round pick, early second-round pick, we, we think there's a tackle that we like a lot that's going to slide to our spot. And then if it doesn't play out that way, perhaps they're now more inclined to say, okay, we thought we could get our guy at 28. We can't, so we'll give you the 28th pick if you want to give us Orlando Brown at that point. I think that scenario is 1,000% plausible during the course of the draft. Yeah, I, and I do too. And, and like no, nothing would shock me at this point outside of the Ravens drafting a quarterback or running back early. Like there's nothing else would surprise me with them picking at 27, you know, cause that's the argument that we got into on the morning show. I was talking like Ed's like, they're not taking best player available. And I'm like, yes, they are. And he's like, no, they're not. You're telling me if the best player available is a quarterback, they take them. And I said, no, but that's common sense. Right, you know, like right. they have a quarterback, you know, you're not like, right. it's, that's not going to matter. And if they were sitting in that position and there was a quarterback there that should go, um, more than likely, I believe somebody would trade with them and they would move back. But I, I just think there's a lot of variables that can go into what happens, especially with Orlando Brown and what they decide to do. Well, with and that. to your point, right? Most people would look and say the Ravens have no need at cornerback right now, right? Like they're they're top heavy um, mm-hmm. with cornerbacks. It's not an area of need. But if they're in love, if they think that there's a cornerback in this draft that in all of their evaluations he's a top five player, and somehow he's sitting there at 27. They're going to take that guy. They're going to do it. I mean, that's that, despite the fact that we look and say Farley we don't think that's in there. Virginia Tech. Caleb Farley, exactly right. If that's the guy and they just think he's mm-hmm. that special of a player, they're going to say this is a problem we'll solve down the road. We think we got one of the absolute best players in the draft. Now, they, to your point, they won't do that with quarterback, right? Like they're, you, you don't you don't draft another quarterback for the fun of drafting another quarterback. You're not going to do that. But at and any, there's, at and any there's only position. one on the field unless you're the Saints or another goofy team yes, that wants correct. to do some of these gimmick things, you know. So. And, and you know that Jimmy Smith's going to miss games this year, and and you certainly can't count on Tavon Young at this point doing anything. Um, you're just going to, and and you can always trade one of your own uh, cornerbacks, right? Like you can always see what you can get from Marcus Peters on the market if you find that guy. 
to your point, they will absolutely, if they think that highly of a player outside of quarterback, if they think that highly of a guy, they will take him at 27, despite the fact that we don't think it's a need. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we were all saying that when Marlon Humphrey was drafted. Like, they, what, cornerback wasn't necessarily a need at that point, where we were all screaming about wide receivers and tight ends and this and that, and O.J. Howard's on the board, and then they take Marlon Humphrey. And then when, when, the, yeah. when they're talking about Marlon Humphrey, they're like, doesn't uh, cover the deep ball well. And I'm like, well, that's like hearing wide receiver can't catch. Like, what do you mean he doesn't cover the deep ball well? <laughs> right. And they took him. Right. And then, you know, we were talking about it this morning. Like, it, it turned out that the – you know that this wasn't a, a you know a true assessment of his skill set because he's been nothing but amazing at this level, um, which is you know when you talk about a guy that can't cover the deep ball that hasn't been the case. And Rob said something funny this morning. He goes, "Man, we might want to go back and look at those safeties. Maybe they were supposed to have some of those coverages." <laughs> that we were looking at. It's my, but, um, I think that's that's probably true. By the way, that yeah. is probably true. All right, man. What else is going on in your world? I mean, not much. So I had a big hit last week. I won. Um, so I won 9K on Wednesday night. Oh, I did 25, see that. I did see yeah, that. 25, yeah, 25000 on Thursday, which yeah. was nice to wake up to. Yeah, that's, um, not, I, that's not unpleasant. That's not no. unpleasant. Well, so that night I had a baseball lineup and an, and an NBA lineup, and my NBA lineup looked great. But, again, I, I started falling asleep around 10 o'clock, um, and so I missed, like, the late games. And I woke up in the morning not thinking about my baseball lineup because it was okay, and I thought I might min cash, like, double my money um, that I had in. But it turns out that uh, that I had Carlos Rodon, who ended up throwing the no hitter, and I didn't know that when I woke up in the morning. It's a pretty good one and to then, have. Uh, yeah, and then he was low owned too, extremely low owned. Because what happened with me that night was I didn't have a great lineup. I just avoided all the landmines because there were two pitchers that everybody liked, and one of them got destroyed. Uh, Lance McCullers against the um, Tigers, and then um, I avoided Charlie Morton, who ended up like not being terrible because he got a bunch of strikeouts, but he gave up five runs in the first three innings. And they somehow left him in the game, and he just K'd a bunch of guys. So he didn't, like, kill everyone. But I avoided that huge negative 18 points from Lance McCullers, which destroyed everyone. Do you hate the seven-inning doubleheaders as much as everybody else does? I, I, I thought I did, and I might be talking myself out of it. I don't hate them. I just it, – like, none of it bothers me. I don't like it from a, a fantasy standpoint, but – um you know, if you're going to play hitters from a game losing two innings, which could be in a bat, could right. be a home run, could right. be whatever. You know, right. all these things that happen. Right. Um, but it is funny when you have the – they shorten the games up to seven innings and then they end up going into extra innings. <laughs> I mean, that's funny too. Also, I did get clarity if um, – over the weekend, if a pitcher were to throw a no-hitter over seven innings, they would not count it. It would not go down as a no-hitter in baseball history. It would not – which which is – that's a that's bit much. stupid. Yeah, right? Like, that's a bit I, much. Um, and apparently, if it's if you throw a no hitter in a range shortened game, it does not count as a no hitter either. So if you throw a no hitter for six innings and the rain wipes it out, it does not go down as a no hitter either. But so, but I understand really that. I understand that. But I don't understand like like you you set the the rules. It's right. Seven innings. Correct. It's not my like, fault that you chose the game was going to be seven innings long. <laughs> so let's say you you pitch a three hitter and give up two runs and it's seven innings. Okay. You just pitch the complete game. Can you, you imagine? The, it should go down as a complete game. Can you imagine a zero zero? No hitter through seven, and giving up your no hitter, and losing the game on a base hit because there's a runner at second. Well, but you gave up the hits. I mean, <laughs> like, like, I mean, what are you trying to say? Is there say? a scenario where they? Well, you don't even have lose. to give up the hit. You could get a yeah, a, you could write a, a bunt and then a sack fly. Right. Correct. But guys have lost no hitters before. That's happened. Like mm-hmm. there have been losing no hitters. In fact, there was one fairly recently, if I remember correctly. Uh, there was a losing no hitter, so I mean that that none of that. That's just historical anomaly stuff. What about the uh, the double hook concept? What about the insane rule they're going to try in the Atlantic League, 
where um, when you pull your starting pitcher out, you lose your designated hitter. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, interesting. I've no, never it's even not. thought about it. No, that. it's not. It sucks. It sucks. It's a terrible idea. It's awful. Terrible. Hmm. There's no scenario where it makes sense to have worse hitters going to the plate just for the funsies of it. You know, you know what this is like? This is like the like the first time you saw someone have sex in the shower, right? Ah, and you're like, Oh, I want to try yeah. that. And then you try it. You and know? then you're like, This is what the hell is this? This, this <laughs> like, is awful. Yeah, let's just go to the, there's like, a bed is, back what is that? There. I thought that was a lubricant. It's not. Right. So anyway. <laughs> But um, by the way, it's it's a thousand percent accurate. As, <laughs> as, when you first become a, a person, a sex having person, you start thinking to yourself about that first time you're gonna get to have sex in the shower. You're like, yeah, this is gonna be a thing you're gonna do. And then you do it, and you're like, why did I ever do that? I will never do that again. <laughs> That'll never be something that ever needs to occur again in my life. Why do we romanticize this? This place is for me and me yeah. alone. Right. Just think when I finally get to do it with a partner in the shower right. too. Hey, that's gonna. That's actually gonna be way worse. Way worse. You've you've enjoyed as much enjoyment as you're gonna. Hey, what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week, Jeremy? Oh, we. Uh, so we're gonna do a lot of draft coverage, obviously, leading up to it. Uh, I know on Wednesday. We're going to talk to Chris Miller from NBC Sports Washington. Um, the Warriors are coming to town, so hopefully they're healthy and get to see Russ my and Steph God. go at it. My so God, dude. The, yeah. Steph's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, man. Yeah. It's insane, bro. It's incredible. All right. Uh, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com every day for his picks, and he will be part of our Project Game Day NFL Draft Special Night 1 at Looney's Pub Perry Hall on uh, the 29th. Can't wait to see you there. Always appreciate it, pal. Thanks for doing it. All right, guys. I'll see you. Jeremy Kahn checking in with us here on GCR as he does every Monday on the program. There's so much there that I want to follow up about, but uh, I guess I'm not going to. Best that's to leave it unsaid. Go. just going to leave it unsaid. That's a great, by the way, however, dynamite comparison. When yeah. something sounds intriguing, but then you're like, no, no, no. Absolutely. Dynamite comparison. 1,000%. Well done. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. We come back in. You're all mad at my pal Greg Rosenthal because he ranked Eric DaCosta 17th among general managers for drafting. I do not disagree with him. In fact, he might be being more fair than, than the actual evidence that we have. We'll talk to him about that and some other football stuff from our buddy Greg Rosenthal around the NFL. He's next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Ruling with Great Ace Memorabilia. want to invite you out to Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, on Thursday, April 29th from 7 until 10 p.m. as we raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. The NFL Draft Party is going to be hosted by Baltimore running back Gusta Bus Edwards, and this is a free, family-friendly event good for everyone to come to. Meet and greet tickets are on sale at missionticks.com or Great Ace Memorabilia. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks. And if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks available right now. PressBoxOnline.com slash masks. We got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. You are You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. For more than 40 years, KNS Automotive has been repairing, restoring, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work, they've got you covered at KNS 410-235-6660. Go to KNSImports.com. It's KNS Automotive, KNSImports.com. 
Um, if you're wondering what it is that's being said at the Liars' Luncheon today by the Baltimore Ravens brass, the answer is a whole lot of nothing, which is exactly what we could have expected would be said by the Baltimore Ravens brass at the Liars' Luncheon today. A whole lot of nothing. Um, no commitment about where Bradley Bozeman's going to play, which is understandable because I, I think that there are still factors that will determine that. I, I, I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, believe the most likely scenario is the Ravens don't know where Bradley Bozeman's going to play just yet because they don't know how the draft's going to play out. And depending on what they find in the draft, if the guy that falls to them is a really good guard, then I think Bradley Bozeman's going to be their center next year. If the guy that falls to them is a really good center, then I think Bradley Bozeman's going to play left guard next year. That's my gut. I, d- I don't think they're hiding an answer. I think they don't know. Uh, did not want to talk about a visit from Alejandro Villanueva either. They did not want to discuss that. So the reality is they're just not really discussing anything of substance. A lot more background. Here's what we think about this player as the Ravens met with the media this morning. Just not a lot of actual information. Here's one comment from John Harbaugh about uh, the Ravens players saying they're not going to participate in voluntary workouts. Quote, guys make their choices and the guys who are here will coach them up. Unquote. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be there. Maybe, I, I don't know, whatever. We'll leave it alone. All right, joining us now, for some reason, people got inexplicably mad at our next guest. And admittedly, he is a friend of mine. But more importantly, I I actually think that he's right about the point that he's making, is he ranked general managers based on their drafting in recent years. Eric DaCosta was a little bit lower on that list. And in Baltimore, we think that we always need to be told we're pretty. Tell me we're pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Joining us now, he's my pal Greg Rosenthal, and he's with us here on GCR from around the league and, of course, NFL.com. What's going on, bud? How are you? I mean, we don't the Ravens as, like, a franchise get enough love? As like, I mean, I'm serious. Like, who gets more love, you know, about them as a franchise kind of, like, versus everything else? Like, what an organization. That's the Ravens. So you know, calm, calm down. I, I'm I'm completely in agreement on with that. And by the way, they've they've earned that. Let's be fair about they've it. They've right? earned it, I, and I'm the one giving it usually. Right, right. I totally believe it, and I still believe right. it. It's, it's why when I was doing a, a TV thing the other day, we just spent ten minutes talking about how good the Browns look, and then at the end, someone's like, "Well, who do you think to win the division?" I was like, "Oh, well, the Ravens, the Ravens. because <laughs> they're just like a better organization." <laughs> you look at the twenty years of things they do, and you just they're going to get it right. And they they have earned that for the most part, right? And I'm still my job is scrutiny, and so I scrutinize where I think it's where it's deserved, but for the most part, like they have been it it is almost hilarious to me because I see the Ravens make mistakes and I look at other franchises and I'm like, do they just never get anything right? Like are they just completely incompetent because the Ravens make mistakes and still get rewarded for it somehow. They don't they're terrible at wide receiver for 25 years. And it's never really hurt them all that much as an organization. It's unbelievable to me how bad and how incompetent are all of these other organizations that the Ravens never really have to pay for any of their mistakes. Well, I think it speaks to something um, about the draft and about team building that the Ravens and the Patriots, I would say, um, have been in on. But even the Seahawks at times where it's like, if there's a position to be bad at, it's it's probably wide receiver. And yeah, that's that's part of the the calculation. So to be clear, I, I graded Costa Costa on his draft, yep. and so there was only two of them, and so he suffered because of that. Because 
you know, if if you've only had two and they've both been, eh, you know, right, uh, right. at best, then then you're not going to score too high because your average grade is eh. After we'd started talking about it, by the way, Greg, I I said, man, in my heart, there probably is an argument that he could be lower than this based on just these two drafts alone, and it's because you know you point out J.K. Dobbins as being the best pick, but if if you don't know, um, Greg's got Eric Tacosta seventeenth on his list. And you point out J.K. Dobbins as being the best pick. Well, I, I like J.K. Dobbins. I think he's going to be a good football player. But I think that we were a bit caught off guard by him not being involved as a pass catcher, like, at all last season. That was kind of alarming. And I think that'll come at some point, although it, it didn't. he didn't do a lot of it at Ohio State either. Um, and, and he whiffed. You know, the season kind of ended because he whiffed horrendously on a block in mm. Buffalo that was absolutely critical, right? Like, it was a critical moment that led to the interception that turned that game. So if that's if that's the best pick, you know, I, I still have some questions, although, and, and to be fair, I like J.K. Dobbins. I think he's a good player. I think a lot of people would say that as far as production is concerned, Hollywood Brown is probably the best player that's been drafted, but it's also really easy to look at that draft and say, okay, you, you got a pretty good player, but – uh, do you see the next couple of wide receivers that went after that and how much better they appear to be? I don't think it's unfair to point those things out. Right. You know, it, it could have been Dobbins. It could have been Patrick Queen who had ups and downs. Yeah, sure. Showed some things, played a lot. Um, or it could have been Marquise Brown, who's, who's played his best in the playoffs, which I do think matters. Um, you know, he's played great games in the playoffs both years, which I, I think is significant. And I would say for a first-round pick, wide receiver, like through two years, that's a B minus, like that's a that's you hit a single like that. Yep. You could do a lot worse. You could have done Nikhil Harry. Like he is, he is a starter. I think he's going to be a, a starter in the league for a while. I don't think he's going to be a crazy difference maker. But that's through the two drafts. You just don't see, um, you know, among those seventeen picks, whatever it is, at this point, and it's early, but you don't see a huge difference maker in Queen. You know, depending on who you talk to, could could very well go either way, and I think he had some things to be to be a little worried about. But he was 21 years old right. last year. To, to your point, yes, he is. Uh, and Hollywood Brown is not DK Metcalf yet. He's he's not he's not AJ Brown. He's not those guys. And you know, those guys look special, right? Like Hollywood Brown looks like a, a nice football player, and 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 certainly a solid pick, but not that. Um, the other, you know, the other thing about it, I think that Ravens fans are struggling with Greg is that like they want to give Eric DaCosta credit for being a part of the organization before he became the general manager. And I think in explaining your list, you're, you're just not considering that. That's you know, You're considering the draft since he became the general manager of the football team. And so while he might have played a role in Lamar Jackson becoming a Baltimore Raven the year before, he wasn't the GM of the team and therefore not something you're considering. Right. You know, Ozzy was always, you know, near the top of my GM rankings, which considered everything, which considered drafting, which considered hiring the coaches, something the Ravens have been, you know, incredible at. Um, it's free agency. And that's where even if I was only ranking DaCosta and not counting anything until, you know, Ozzy retired, he would, you know, skyrocket up this list um, because I think they've been really smart uh, in the way that they've used free agency and trade since DaCosta started. I, in fact, I, you know, I think – some of those moves, you know, including, you know, Campbell and Wolf, who, you know, had ups and downs, but, but ultimately I think were, were really helpful. And the other ways that they just fill in depth throughout the roster um, are one of the reasons they've been so good the last two years. And, and DeCosta has been, you know, a huge part of that. There's no team I sort of trust more to kind of fill in the holes uh, late in free agency. And they might do it this year, too, whether it's with a Justin Houston or, 
or something after the draft. And then you're looking up and it's week 16. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy they signed in May is like playing 50 snaps and and they're in the divisional round or whatever it is. And, and that's what I think the Ravens are really doing. Well, in fairness, the Marcus Peters trade looks about, you know, as, as quality of that's a move. home run. Yeah, right? Like, and, th- and, that's, and that's, but it's separating from what you're doing on this list. And I think that's the part that got Ravens fans panties in a bunch. Again, they, we, are, we, just, <laughs> we are a city. We, we have a Napoleon complex. We have to acknowledge it. We just want to be told that we're pretty constantly. We constantly <laughs> want to be told. Dude, Greg, this is how, how weak we are. The Orioles fans don't want Mike, Mike Messina goes into the Hall of Fame. They don't want his number retired because he ref, he didn't put an Orioles cap on his plaque when he went into the Ori- into the Hall of Fame because he left his plaque empty. There's no there's no cap on the plaque, and so no, we can't we can't recognize that guy as an Orioles Hall of Famer because he wouldn't tell us we're pretty. We're, we're, that is that's sad. I didn't know that story. It's a, Although I I gotta say, as a you know a Red Sox fan during the peak of Messina era. Like when it was Messina versus the Red Sox, you never, you, you still weren't that that worried. Like you wait, still were wait. like, well, well, we'll get three runs and we'll see what happens. Um, there's no debating Mike Messina's worthiness <laughs> as a Hall of Famer, man. No, His no, numbers there are, there's there numbers are better than Tom Glavin's. Like I he was a I great just, pitcher. Maybe, it was a mental. And thing, by the way, the Orioles have not had anything in the stratosphere of Mike Sorry. Messina since All the right, time that he far. left. I went too far there. Right. Greg Rosen, thoughts with us around the NFL podcast, of course, and NFL.com. Um, let me cover a couple of things with you since I've got you here. You mentioned these late signings. I, I am largely unmoved. I, I don't think there's any world in which you sign a player before May 3rd at this point if you're the Baltimore Ravens. There's no way... I, I I can't fathom you potentially giving up like a fourth round compensatory pick to sign Justin Houston, even if you think there's another team interested. I, I, am I wrong to think there's not enough of a difference between Justin Houston and any of the other veteran pass rushers that are out there that you have to prioritize signing a player and risking whether or not there's another team that isn't playing the compensatory pick game that might sign him before? Because it's the Ravens, I would tend to agree with you. Most pe- most teams would not be as as worried about it, but the Ravens, as you know, are the compensatory pick kings. It's why they. It's partly probably why they signed Kevin Zeitler. Like that's another free agent move that it was very quiet this season that won't count towards that formula because yep. he was cut by the other team and probably, like I said, will end up. You'll look in week fifteen and be like, "Wow, that was a really smart move." I really like Justin Houston, and um, in a, in the way that I liked. Derek Wolf and, and Campbell signing, you know, moves last year. Campbell was a little bigger ticket item, but uh, he's he's just one of those guys that's been so underrated his whole career and is a solid veteran. And you're right, maybe there's not a huge difference from him to the next day, but I bet if I bet if the Ravens sign him, he'll play 450 snaps <laughs> and he'll look really good doing it. You know, he'll he'll contribute to their team, maybe in a way you know similar to Wolf or even better than. Uh, I I understand why you're saying that. However, they did trade for Unique Ngakwe last year, and that was an unmitigated disaster. Like that did not work out in any way whatsoever and so it's they're not batting a thousand in this department but i get the point that you're trying to make is they've earned they've earned the trust that the move they make is probably the right one just we have to point out that the ngakwe one was not the right one for the baltimore no i but i'm pointing out my bias here like i like jk dobbins as for instance as a prospect so i think and he showed enough to me that i get it i I think he's going to prove me right and i think i really like justin houston as like a veteran player yeah Uh, whereas ngakwe I thought it was worth a shot, but I was never, you know, I was never 
going crazy about that. I still think that was worth a shot. Oh, in I, situation that they were. I, I'm not mad about it. I was, I, in fact, yeah. I was celebrating it when they made the move. I thought yeah. it was what they needed, but they just were so unwilling to utilize a player whose only skill was going after the quarterbacks that looking back on it, it makes no sense they ever made the move, right? Like they didn't, they knew who the guy was. He was not an edge setter. He was not an all around linebacker. He was a, a pass rusher. Like that's all he does is go get quarterbacks. And yet, they just were unwilling to utilize him in that way, and so it ended up being a complete miss. Um, it, they're fa- they're fascinating. I mean, I, I, I if you want to feel beautiful, to me, the Ravens, Baltimore fans are still like the most interesting team in the NFL. I mean, they pretty much have been since Lamar got there, I think, or since he started playing. And I, and I still think they're that way going into this year. I'm, I'm sort of endlessly fascinated by that. Give me, give me, I don't, do you know anything about Alejandro Villanueva at this point in his career? Like, I'm, I'm so caught off guard because I thought he was a good football player. And so why is he available right now? Like, is, I I mean, I look, this is tough to talk about with an offensive lineman because there's no stats that can back it up. But am I missing something here with Villanueva? Yeah, I think that he, he declined pretty quickly the last two seasons. I think you know, I'm not an offensive line guru, but just looking at the pressures that, that he gave up, he was always like this amazing try hard, you know, would never pass sort of the physical tests of the position requirements that, you know, they test for at the comment. Um, but really, I think overachieved and has had a great career. And then guys like that, when they start declining, I think teams are quicker to give up on them because it's like, okay, now all your limitations are showing up. And, and I think he did struggle quite a bit last year. I mean, he'd be, he'd be worth a pickup as a third tackle, I, I think, for some teams. But, but, that, but you, would not, let me make, you would not be signing Alejandro Villanueva because you know that you're trading Orlando Brown and you need somebody to be a starting tackle next season. I no, and I don't think any. I don't think the Ravens would be thinking that way, or else they would have done it a lot earlier. And I don't think they're interested at all in signing Orlando Brown in the least bit, unless they got some crazy Godfather offer. Even then, I don't think they would be that interested. That's interesting. All right, um, uh, we need to cover this. Roger Federer announces he's playing at Roland Garros. Are you reading into the idea that he knows this is the <laughs> end and he just wants to go play there one more time before he hangs it up? No, I. I I'm not looking that. I don't think I think if he can can play, he's gonna keep playing, and so he doesn't know. But you're right. I think he's taking his his um he wants to get some victory laps in here while he can because I think he knows at this point nothing's guaranteed. He's not gonna go through another year long uh, recovery process to a surgery. So I you know I think it's wait and see. But I'm I'm being optimistic. Don't be. I, I appreciate your optimism. I really do. I don't share it, man. I just no, don't really? share. I am really buying into the idea of you know, I, and I also think that I, like, you know, you can argue that Roger Federer will always be. I think you can't deny the fact that he's about to be forty years old. <laughs> like we just right. we can't keep doing this for forever. I know you and I had a lengthy <laughs> conversation. By the way, Greg and I had such a lengthy conversation about Serena one night on Twitter that I looked up and it was like two in the morning, and we were still talking. About <laughs> it's it. eleven for me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter at I all see, for you. I You're good. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I steal and I, I get you to do my show early in the morning out there. It's the trade off for all. Yeah, I, with Federer, by the way, like. I'm with you. Uh, I think he just, he's like Brady that I think he'll try to keep playing as long as he can if he's um, playing at a high level. But man, if, if anyone deserves and would enjoy a victory lap with all the fans in the crowd, 
uh, more than Roger Federer. I don't know who it is. Like right. he loves that stuff, and so he. I feel like he needs it in his soul, and he he needs to get it. So I think he's going to hold on until he gets that, whenever that is. Cause and, I don't know if they're going to have a full crowd there in, in Roland Garros. Well, that's a good point. Will. Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, and that's something that we'll have to watch. Hey, I'm going to link something up on our Twitter account. It's a, a piece that The Athletic did about um, uh, Chris Wessling, who was one of the heroes on uh, the podcast around the NFL, and it's an unbelievable story. And, Greg, I know you guys are still mourning him, man. And, uh, you know, what, what a special story. I did not know Chris, and getting to know him through everything that I've read uh, since his passing, I, I regret the fact that I never got to know him because, my God, what a remarkable person he is, man. And we're still thinking about you guys. At, Thank you. Yeah, he would have. Uh, he would. He would have liked getting to know you. You're a character, Glenn, and he's he's all about characters. Oh <laughs> man, at Greg Rosenthal on Twitter. I'm still trying to talk him into a daily podcast during all of the uh, the Grand Slam tournaments, and we'll see. Uh, uh, he's a busy man, <laughs> but we'll see if I can't uh, weasel like 30 minutes out of him every day. I love you, brother. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. I- I'm in, Glenn. Let's let's do this. Done. Thing. Done. We're making. That's a promise. <laughs> it's happening. All right, pal. We'll all talk. right. See you, Glenn. See you, bud. Greg Rosenthal, love that guy. And again, guys, not worth getting this worked up about this. It's the constant need to feel like you're pretty. Understanding his qualifications, 17 is beyond fair. Let's not forget the picks include Jalen Ferguson, Miles Boykin. 17 is beyond fair, which doesn't mean Eric Costa stinks at drafting. It means we only have two drafts to work with. That's it. And they've been mixed. There have been mixed results in two drafts. And nothing yet that is such a slam dunk that we can say, well, this is how we know. I, I By the way, I'm inclined to agree with Greg. I, when I point out some of the, the faults about J.K. Dobbins, I'm not saying I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to prove to be a really good player. I think he will. I'm still in on J.K. Dobbins. Sure. But even that guy that I'm, I'm really in on, I have to acknowledge. He's not beyond reproach. Sure. Right. we got to acknowledge. I think we were all a little bit disappointed by how minimally he was involved as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. I think we were all disappointed by that. Um, I, I can't escape how awful that visual is of his whiff in Buffalo. And it doesn't mean he can't block or that he won't block. But that's a really big deal in this offense. He has to make that block. It completely changed the season. That was a wide-open touchdown. Wide open. That ties the game up. And it doesn't absolve Lamar Jackson of you know an interception a play later. No. But J.K. Dobbins has to make that block, period. And I know he's a rookie, and I know he's got time. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be a damn good player. But even in measuring him, I have to point those things out. I have to have that conversation. So 17 is totally fair. We've got to calm down as a fan base and stop constantly feeling like we need to be told we're pretty at all times. All right. Um, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I had the most ridiculous scenario play out on Saturday. I was talking about uh, interesting earlier. So I had a game. I had Loyola Navy lacrosse, mm-hmm. and my wife says, "Hey, the kids have a birthday party that they got to go to in the afternoon. It's at one of their friends' houses. It's outside. Um, I, I, would you be willing to come? You know, meet meet us there, and then stay with them so I can leave until they're ready to go. 
and I don't know any of these parents. Like, I don't know any of the other parents. I think I met one of them one time or something like that at one of my kids' birthday parties. But I was like, fine. You know, like, it, I'm a parent, too. I need to do these things sometimes. Sure. You know, fine. It's my turn. So I'm like, we won't stay the whole time. Like, we'll probably duck out a few minutes early. I'll make up some excuse because I don't want to be there. I'll, I'll look at my phone for the most part while I'm there. I'll, I'll play with the kids if they ask me to. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get through it. So I'm there for about an hour and a half, largely doing nothing. Just largely doing nothing but watching the kids play and them running over to me. And every now and then one of the other kids bringing over a toy and asking me to play with it. Like that, it's just, they're all running. It's just a lot of running around. Mostly just dominating the basketball court. Yeah, there's a lot of Taking all challengers. Who do you think you are, Jimmy? (laughs) So at one point, I start seeing a band show up. I'm like, this is weird. Turns out they had hired Rufus Roundtree, who is... Maybe the best musician in all of Baltimore. And I'm not kidding about this. New Orleans-style jazz band, Rufus Roundtree, to play a six-year-old's birthday party. Well, he asked. He demanded. In a backyard. The kid demanded. It was it was a girl. It was a Claire. I didn't it was say her birthday. But it was a, a boy. You did. He said, said he. The kid. The kid. Yeah, well, I did say he. He did say he. Well, that happened. That was you a You said the athletics. <laughs> what? That one time. Oh, no. You, you think I did. Well, I'm pretty positive. You're not. I am. Um, I know that you said he. That's a fact. I did. I will admit it. But you also said athletics. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, we did not leave early from that party. I stayed. I'm like, we're hanging out now. I haven't been able to see any live music in like a year and a half. We're hanging out and we're watching Rufus Roundtree. The problem being, I was so prepared for us to leave early that I had set the pickup time for our food at Glory Days Grill for 6.15. And instead... We went and got it around 7 o'clock, <laughs> which is fine. We were able to warm it back up. Everything was fine. Um, and the other thing that happened was I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try one of the new menu items. I'm going to try the uh, the barbecue chicken bowl with the ancient grants. I'm like, I'm going to try that. And then literally as I'm on the app putting in our order at Glory Days Grill, I'm like, or I could just get more smoky thigh wings, and I could just go that route. And that's exactly what I did. I just had more smoky thigh wings on Saturday night. Um, the, the boys enjoyed, I think the Sam got, my, my three-year-old got the uh, pizza, my six-year-old got a grilled cheese, my wife got the pasta, and I got more smoky thigh wings because they're go that good. Glorydaysgrill.com. They've got right now a really special menu celebrating the 25th anniversary. Zucchini fries, double bacon and cheddar burger, that barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains that I still need to try. I still have to try that at some point soon. The strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA is available, and the turtle cheesecake to celebrate the 25th anniversary. May there be a thousand more. Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com to find the location nearest you. Tidbit brought to you today by Window Nation. Act now. Beat the rush. And Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window, bows, bays, picture and garden windows, Every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tidbit of the day. Talking a little bit of pitching here. We know John Means is by far the Orioles' best pitcher, and there's no doubt about that. He's been better on the road this year than he has at home. Small sample sizes all around. Three starts on the road, one at home. Well... He's allowed three times as many runs at home than he has on the road, despite only pitching five innings at Camden Yards. And 
18 and two-thirds innings on the road with one earned run and 18 strikeouts during those innings. So maybe just make sure he pitches on the road and yeah, man, not sounds at home. Like it sounds like a plan. And then they have better pitchers to pitch at home, clearly. Uh, they don't have anybody as good as uh, Shane Bieber. No, but very, very few people do. Shane Bieber tied, I don't know, one guy named Nolan Ryan. Uh, who's that? For the most strikeouts through four appearances in a season since at least I believe, 1906. I believe you mean Matt Ryan. Yeah. And he was a quarterback. Which, uh, by the way, Nolan Ryan is even more incredible when you consider people didn't really strike out that much back then. But Bieber becomes the first pitcher ever. Or not ever, since they moved the pitching mound back to its current distance. So since 1893, which might as well be ever. With 10-plus Ks in his first four starts of a season. Not bad. He joins some pretty impressive names among those who have had consecutive games with 14 strikeouts and no more than one walk. And I'll give you those names. That's not the trivia I'm okay. going to have you guess. Those All names right. are Jacob DeGrom, Clayton Kershaw, Pedro Martinez, and Dwight Gooden. So, yeah. It's pretty, I mean, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, he is also pretty, pretty, pretty good. Since the start of last season. Yes. Just put wraps on his eighth Double-digit strikeout This is Shane Bieber still that we're talking yes, about. Justin okay. Bieber. Yes, Justin Bieber, who was playing basketball with Marlon Humphrey this weekend. Well. Very weird. Can you name the four other pitchers? Get the Justin Bieber on the show, please. No. With no, we're gonna, at least that. 10. No, you, you made me throw it off. Can you name the what? four other pitchers? You made me my, 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 my thing. No, you're going to try to get. I just, will, yeah, sure, I'll try. That's the point. Like, we actually work? try. We'll find a contact, the contact of a contact. You never know. He might be really. Interested in talking about it. He's probably so, going to say no, but you never know. So, since you so rudely derailed oh, settle my down. Four other pitchers have at least three 10-strikeout games since. since the start of last year. Oh, God, I don't remember. Did last year even really happen? Yes. Who are they? Uh, at least 10, at least three 10-strikeout yes. games. Yes. Uh, Bauer. Four. Um, uh, Snell. No. How's about? How's about? Um, Giolito. Three. Degrom. Five. Ooh, so I'm missing one. You are missing one. Uh, Nola. He had a big game yesterday. Not Nola. You Darvish. No. You. Uh, Garrett Cole. They stink. What's going on with the Yankees? They stink, right? It's fun, right? It's awesome. Is it Garrett Cole? No. How about I mean, Max Scherzer? No. Clayton Kershaw? No. Um, Glasnow. No. How about uh, Alcantara? Nope. You're saying this like I'm not going to get it. Probably not. 
Okay, good, cool. That's a that's a cool part. Is it somebody that I like? Am I gonna be like? I've never heard of this guy. No, you've heard of him, but you'd be like, yeah, I, I don't know the extent you know of him, but you've definitely heard of him. Denelson Lamette. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That is correct. All right. Yeah, that All right. That's cool. Three. I mean, I definitely have heard of him. Yeah. But I don't, you're right. I right. don't know a lot about yeah. him. But I've definitely heard of him. Uh, we didn't get, I didn't get to watch any of that series. This no, week. me either. Turned, I out know be, they turned out to be pretty freaking good. Stopped the skid against them, at least. They did win one game yesterday. Dodgers are now, what, 13 and 2, right? Yeah. I mean, like they're, they're on pace to still. It's so ridiculous. It's break just the record. so ridiculous how good they are. Uh, yeah, they yeah. were only the Red Sox. The Red Sox the started stinking again. Feeling pretty you, good about that pick. Was one hundred and four? Yeah. I mean, yeah. At the moment, you'd feel really good about it. It's still. I mean, there's a lot of work you have to do to get there. Yeah. It's um, like fourth stringers are still better than right, most I hear starters. You, I hear you. Nice to see the Red Sox start stinking again too. That was pleasant this weekend as well. All right, tubular brought to you by the uh, print issue of Press Box, which is available right now. John Means got the old Press Box bump delivered in his first start since being on the cover. John Means on the cover of this month's issue. It's a story about John Means, also about Chris Holt and taking over the entire pitching process uh, throughout the organization. You can pick it up right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. I'm just being honest with you, there ain't much. Um, Cardinals National, 7 o'clock on Masson and nationally on MLB Network. Uh, MLB Network, locally as Giants-Phillies, they were also airing White Sox-Red Sox starting at 11 a.m. this morning. Today is the Patriots Day game, and the Red Sox are wearing those yellow and blue jerseys. Uh, NBC Sports Washington tonight for Thunder Wizards at 8 o'clock. We did not get to talk about um, Steph Curry at all this morning. I mean, what else do you say? He's just so ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. My God. I mean, it's I, I don't... There's nothing else to say, really. It's absolutely amazing what that human has done. By the way, so you might have seen this number this weekend. Steph Curry, in his career, games with 10 or more made three-pointers. Yeah, he probably has more than everyone else combined. Well, he's got more than the next five guys combined. The next, By the way, he's got 20, Mm -hmm. including five this season. Mm -hmm. No one else in NBA history has more than five ever. Mm-hmm. Who are the next five guys on the list? Man, I, Reggie Miller? Nope. I mean, that's just surprised me. He's, Ray Allen's on there. Nope. You would think. Nope. Um, Kyle Korver? Nope. Mm, are they active? Uh, almost all of them are. Okay. Um, Clay Thompson? Yes, second. Most. Okay. Five. He's got five. Um, do, 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 do. Kevin Durant? No. Um, what, about, what about? What about? Are they all stars? Uh, For the most part. I mean, the... the I would be shocked. The next two Devin are. Devin Booker was on this list. Not yet, but he'll get there one yeah, day. Um, who am I forgetting of scores like that? Come on, dude. There's somebody that's... Shooters. Down. Just the shooters. shooters. James Harden. James Harden, yes. Okay. Um, and? And, and, and. Shooter. Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Yeah, that's the one. Shooter! shooter! Uh, Kyrie is not. No. Um, shooter. Think about a shooter. Only a shooter? Just, I mean, he's more than a shooter, but he's a damn good shooter. JJ Redick. No. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Come on, man. Um, I don't know. Glenn. Dude, you're going to. LeBron James. That's not LeBron James. He's only a shooter. Yeah, that's what everybody says about him. Um, Kuzma, baby. Come on, bro. Really? East-West. 
West. Oh, geez. So many teams Dog. in the West. Dog. So many teams in the West. Oh, he's maybe he might be the greatest clutch shooter in basketball history. Robert Ory? Dog. Oh, I mean, he's a good one. <laughs> he's a good one. You're right about that. Chauncey Billups? Come on, man. The greatest clutch shooter. He's among in NBA he's, he's on damn near. He's got to have won some titles. No, it doesn't mean that. He just means in, well, then in you end of game situations. Michael Jordan? You ever heard of Damian Lillard? No. What the hell that? is wrong with you? Who is that? Come on, Portland Chief. just kind of exists. Up Dog, there. that's bad. Who is he? That was a bad miss. Oh, the greatest clutch shooter in NBA history. Nice. He's among them. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm pretty um, sure Michael Jeffrey James Jordan. Yes, I said that. I definitely said that Damian Lillard is better than Michael Jordan. That's what you I said. You implied it. For Christ's sakes. Uh, J.R. Smith also had three, and Zach <laughs> Levine has had two. Of course, J.R. Smith had three. Steph Curry, 20. Five this season. No one else with more than five in their career. It ain't bad. It's unbelievable. Uh, all right. Anyway, hoops tonight. Uh, Thunder Wizards, 8 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. Warriors, Sixers, if you want to watch Steph, 730 on ESPN. Jazz Lakers at 10 on ESPN. When and is Clay going to get back? Is that going to be this year? I don't or think so. He hurt himself, yeah, re-injured himself, yeah, so it's so another I injury it's for the be, year. Yeah, correct. Too bad. NBC, yeah, it is too bad because, I mean, like. It's a beast. It's correct. fun to watch when they're healthy. You know? NBCSN, Leeds United and Liverpool at three. I, I don't really have anything to say about the Super League, but it is delicious. I mean, the whole thing is just delicious. Uh, the idea that now they're going to try to be punitive and say, if you do this, we're not going to let any of the players play in the World Cup, which, like, they might they might literally just give middle fingers to and then say, you're not actually going to do that because it would totally bastardize the World Cup. We're going to call your bluff on. Like, it's just fascinating i mean it's lame it is lame yeah, right it's lame but a lot of people pointed out like this could very well be what's about to happen in college football and yeah it could very well be what's about to happen in college football and the equivalent being essentially you're texas you stink you can't beat maryland but yet you're going to force your way into a place where you don't have to compete with any of those teams and you get to just be in the best league because well, who would be that team you in this say scenario? you are I don't know enough about. I think but the Tottenham people are upset about because they haven't won any like champions. There, there, it was pointed out like there that. there are there are clubs like this right. that are going to force their way that that other have not. It, I'm curious. It's to not going like, to be based on merit. Suspect this has been in the works for oh, like, a decade plus. It's definitely been in the works. You know, like, but the, it's it's based on money. It's of the course. it's well, let's separate is. the money. The the clubs are the most money. We go and compete and protect all the money for ourselves. And make sure we don't mm -hmm. spread the wealth in any way. We get all of the money and... They don't have enough of it. Cor correct. I mean, there's never... What's, what's the line? Uh, there is no... There's a line from Secession that's about... Succession? Yes. Succession. Did you watch that? I watched a little it's bit great. of it. It so is good. very good. So good. I need to go. That's another one that I want to watch from start to finish. Put that on my list. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Yeah. NHL Net <laughs> uh, Red Wings stars at 730 on NBCSN. NHL Network, Sharks Golden Knights at 10. USA Network for WWE Raw tonight at 8. Give me some non... Is there a Siri that actually just turned on? I just heard a... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate technology. Um, new show on AMC called The Secrets She Kept. It's about a stalking lady. Uh, 10 o'clock. Mm, late night. Michael Strahan still has his gap. He's on Fallon. 11.35. Uh, running Wild with Bear Grylls. 9 o'clock. You're a big 911 fan on Fox, 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock. Lone Stars at 9. I know you've been waiting. Stuff and things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. Riz Ahmed is on oh. Kimmel. We like him. Ron Funches yeah. is on Corgan. You Sounds like him. I do like Ron Funches a lot. Stuff and fact. things. Check it all out. All right. Very good. 
Thanks today to Dean Kramer. Thanks also to um, Jeremy Kahn, as well as to Greg Rosenthal. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, stuff and Things. Ah, yes. My Irons favorite. and Fires. Big stuff and Things. To- I have a guest book for tomorrow. I won't allow it. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Captain Keith Colburn from Deadliest Catch joins us. That uh, debuts, the new season debuts tomorrow night on Discovery. Admittedly, I have never watched an episode, so this is going to be a dynamite interview. You're going to throw it on I tonight? Mean, what's that? You're going to throw it on tonight? Uh, we're recording this interview this afternoon. You're throwing on this afternoon? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I wanted to do it this weekend. I completely forgot. I just utterly forgot. It's on a, but I know enough about the. Services? I know enough about the premise and about all just that. Talk about Baltimore crabs. I, that's part of one of the points. Going to be like, why do people want these crabs so much when they're not even as good? Like that's going to be one of the things we do. I've never had any of those. I am like, fascinated. Crazy big by the way, for what it's worth, like I've never had them either. Mm-hmm. But I actually am fascinated by. Um, Are they Dungeness crabs, right? Dungeness crabs, yes. Or king crabs. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the con- like these. They're they're crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. these people are crazy. Out Rough there, waters out there. No doubt, man. I just read this guy's. Uh, by the way, this guy first of all just found out he had COVID, which is it's rough, and we're thinking about him. And then two, like his boat just got like shredded by a wave uh, a little while back, and they had to like rush repair. Not it the good shredded. For the new season. Yeah, He's not, not shredded. Not correct. There, you know? not it's like, like that. You know. He'll join us tomorrow and uh, stuff, stuff and things after that. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, sad lonely man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Uh, go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.